0: All right, Trails Collective World, Ian here, coming at you with another uh, Trails Collective live episode. Looks like I'm maybe getting a little bit of lag in my uh, sound or camera, so hopefully that uh, catches back up in maybe internet connection, but hopefully you can at least hear me and don't get too tripped out if my uh, lips don't match my my face. It seemed like there was one of the commentators in the Super Bowl last night. I don't even know his name. Um, somebody I think is, maybe most of you will know his name, but his like lips weren't matching and it kept kind of... Creep me out. I kind of just had to look the other way. So, um, in any case, um, this is a Trails Collective Live episode uh, airing February 13th, 2023. Uh, I'm stoked to connect with a, I don't know, I think it's like a dozen or so people that will weave into uh, tonight's segments. Uh, We're going to start here in just a minute with uh, Craig Fleming of the PA Trail Dogs. Um, We'll uh, spend uh, 45 minutes or so uh, digging in or catching up, and then we will weave into. The Duck 100K and Algonquin 50K, and a couple of participants and uh, both RDs down there. And then we'll weave into the Frozen Snot uh, with uh, RD Luke, and then a couple of participants there uh, to close out uh, the round this evening. Uh, it is streaming live on the Trails Collective YouTube site, as well as my own Facebook page and the Trails Collective Facebook page. And it'll also be available as a podcast uh, version wherever you get your podcasts. Um, whenever I can get to it in a week or so, uh, afterwards. So, uh, especially if you're one, that's just kind of, if, if my, my lips are really not matching my voice, feel free to just be like, dude, I'm like out of here and I'll, I'll catch the, I'll catch the audio version. Um, if you are catching or tuning in live, thank you so much for being with us. Feel free to drop, uh, comments or questions. I still, to this day, don't quite know where I'm not getting or seeing the questions come through live. If I do see it, um, I'll try to get, um, uh, certain points to uh, weave in your comments into the live discussion. Uh, feel free to heckle any of our guests if you like or come up with some questions. And um, if you're plugging them into Facebook and I'm not seeing them, uh, try the YouTube channel and maybe I'll see them there. And uh, I'll again try to weave them in, at least if I think they're they're entertaining enough. Um, and so yeah, uh, so I'm just gonna uh, get into it because I think we've got a pretty full uh, slate tonight. So I am going to weave in uh craig fleming uh craig as i just mentioned uh, before we hopped on live here it's uh thanks so much for taking some of your time out here uh this evening um and which is pretty impressive given just how much of your time you commit to the uh the running uh and trail space already uh for those who are not already familiar with uh craig um let me give you just the um couple Couple of words here. So, uh, Craig is coming to us from the belly of Roxsylvania Beast, uh, which is we'll just say is Lock Haven, PA. We're just going to put that right around the uh, the belly button. Um, he has 150 trail finishes under his Ultra Sign off belt. Uh, consider that many of those are uh, in the context of events that he's uh, also directing at the same time. Let's just say running is pretty uh, full time, if not just making him a uh, professional runner. Um, I'd say he's, he's, he's got to be probably doing at least as well as Killian Jornet. I imagine as like a professional <laughs> running in that regard, maybe putting in just as many time, uh, much time on his feet. So I don't know if Hoka or Solomon or uh, New Normal is beating down your door yet, but I'd say you're uh, you're you're kind of living it there. So um, he's created in uh with the support of an amazing community, uh, and including the PA Drilled Hogs, uh, Beast Coast Classics such as Heiner View. Uh, which also uh, stands uh, is some of the uh, largest uh, trail race fields in the country. And uh, Craig, again, it's good to have you on for a bit.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Ian.
0: Yeah, man. Um, so this will be pretty uh, informal. I have some just questions here to to guide some of the discussion to dig in a little bit. Again, if anybody wants to weigh in and uh, heckle Craig or ask some questions that uh, you just can't pin him down to answer it at, at races uh, because he's like, whoa race is starting in two minutes i actually got to go like i can't answer your i can't answer that question um and you don't get the opportunity now be the time for us to collectively pin him down um so let's just start off with uh so where'd the path to full-on trail running uh life start for you craig kind of where what's your background and where'd you come at it
1: i i started uh lived in state college pa and um i used to hike in rothrock with my dog and just one day i thought, well, you know, I'm hiking two hours to get him exercise and, you know, but it's spending a lot of time. And I, I saw a guy jogging. He looked like he was, had a rock pack on. He must have been maybe in the army or something and just working out. And I just thought, well, Hey, that, that looks like fun. And, uh, I went out and got a pair, like hardly anybody had trail shoes at the time. I think maybe Nike had a pair or some, somebody Adidas and got a pair. And I went out and I fell in love with it. I, I hated running, uh, I, I, I would hike a little bit just to get the dog out. I liked the outdoors, but I didn't. I played sports that, you know, running was kind of your punishment. So uh, I got into it, and I think I went 46 straight days after that. Just, you know, back then it was three miles at a clip, but I thought that was, you know, pretty good. But, uh, yeah, so kind of why we named our group the PA Trail Dogs. Just I, I fell in love with the trail running, but more importantly, it was that connection with my dogs. So I started adopting dogs from the kennels and, you know, I'd have two or three at a time. And uh, right now, you know, uh, we have three and uh, that's just spurred it. It's just, it was just a connection it made with me, but it was just kind of natural running with the dogs, like a little pack. So I've been doing it. That was 19, I think, end of 1996. So um, not too many people in our area trail ran at the time. So it was kind of usually pretty lonely out there, but we kind of started a little bit at a at a time and got more people out there. So kind of how I got started uh never thought about doing a race or you know never did a 5k or 10k before that just but fell in love with trail running just something different about being out there and in the woods and with nature and but couldn't imagine running without the dogs so
0: and so in terms of that timestamp, stamp 96 in turn with some of the other events I mean there are some so for sure some classics that go back a ways like Laurel Highlands and um uh, mass would would have maybe been around that time there was the virgil uh monster uh race here in the finger lake since there are some out there mm-hmm. but it would still be a bit before some of them like what was the first year of like rothrock when that came on as an, ev- uh, as an example rothrock
1: it didn't start until maybe uh 2000 and uh maybe eight 2009 Something there uh-huh. uh shaner started in 2007 um i had a shoe store in lock haven a running store kind of like yours ah. and uh so the mega transect a race that uh now is the boulder beast um but the mega transect was uh it started in 2003 that was the only that and the damn half were the only central pa races uh like i said there were some out near Pittsburgh and reading area but um, i didn't know anything about them i the first race I ever ran was 23 miles at the mega transect and i never like i said never did a race in my life did that one and uh the next year a DCNR employee asked me about Putting on a race in uh, Sproul State for so that's how Heiner got started. But uh, yeah, there wasn't much to pick from. I think that's why Heiner became successful as we got in on the ground level before anything, you know, really expanded mm-hmm. too too fast. But uh, yeah, it was a kind of neat experience. But uh, that's that's kind of how I got started. I never saw myself as a race director, but like I said, I had a running store and. Was trying to get people out every week with group runs and hikes and just getting people out on the trails and uh that's kind of how i got my start
0: right on man and and um for those of you who are uh watching live i don't know my computer's giving me the hiccups where I i just lost my uh camera feed for some reason i don't know whether it's the internet or whatever but i think my audio is still there so i'm just going to keep talking and we'll see if it uh picks back up um so sorry if that's a little obnoxious but it's just what it's doing at the moment um so the so that timestamp, stamp, even I didn't know you had a running store prior. So, what were the like when did you open in the running store, and then when did you kind of uh tangent out of that uh uh that line
1: like of business? Two, 2004 to uh I think 2010 at the end, I had actually ruptured my Achilles <laughs> and uh kind of put a stop to that, but um yeah, had a little store, in Lock Haven, and you know, just kind of had the the usual you know, the Asics, Brooks, Sockney's, you know, uh things like that, uh, just you know it it was a little trail store but it also had some other shoes but uh kind of was in the shoe business and tried my hand in lock haven and uh never regret it because it got me where I am today Um uh, but it was fun it was fun but uh kind of like what I'm doing now a little bit better so yeah
0: imagine I mean a different level of I mean both can be consuming uh but differently consuming and the event and not all events make it and we'll maybe get into this too where I mean, you were, so what was the first year of Heiner, roughly? Uh,
1: 2007.
0: 2007, yeah. yeah. So getting in fairly early, and we've both seen kind of the, we've been part of, but also seen the explosion of uh, trail running coming, we're a part of that, but uh, uh, I guess that we've seen it. So you getting in fairly early, and, and again, we'll get into with a couple of questions here, maybe how well you've all done as a, a community. Um, I mean, you guys have done like really well in terms of like your numbers and in terms of just being worth your time and being with your community and not mm-hmm. having to worry about like the overhead of stock and inventory and all that stuff. Man, yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, yeah, nice work. Yeah. Um, all right, so the, let's speak to that. I mean, because you've mentioned the, uh, I guess, community there. So it was the Sproul that reached out to you in the beginning in terms of hosting uh i think the pa model has been pretty cool community to look at in terms of how much it seems like the communities have full on uh embraced or integrated with your with the trail running community and mm-hmm. i don't know whether then maybe we can speak to various facets of that whether it's coming from particularly that central and mountain region of pa maybe with the roots in the community of outdoor sports whether it be hunting or camping or fishing or whatever it seems like there's already the kind of backstory rooted in, in people's identities. Um, Mm -hmm. so trail running isn't too far kind of removed from some of that stuff, even if running is sometimes relegated to this kind of oddball kind of niche thing. I mean, do you think that the, uh, there's something to be said there in terms of just the personality and character, particularly of central PA and how that fits with, uh, kind of the events that you're putting on?
1: Yeah. I think when we first started, um, you know, to tell people like, Hey, we're, we're going to go for a run in the woods. And, you know, people would kind of look at us like, Oh, I'm not, you know, I don't know what that's about, but I hunt or I fish, you know, or we, you know, we have a cabin, you know, I I think it did start with those routes where people were pretty active in the outdoors here, but um, they kind of looked at us a little funny that wait, you run in the woods, but once they did it, it was just like my experience. When I started, like I said, I think I went 46 days straight after that it was just i could i was addicted i was like this is so nice you know you're running near streams and up mountains and um i think once you you just had to get people out there and once you did i mean one of my best friends uh you know is an avid hunter and works for the game commission uh he just retired actually and a great friend of mine and first hike he came out with us he had like work boots on and jeans and and now he's he's a great trail runner i mean he's always up there in his age group but I mean, it just took him a few times. And now, you know, he's he's out there with his family and his dog and uh, just he, one of our best trail workers. And you just I think you just have to get people out there just to try it, because people here, especially in our area, were hesitant. Um, you know, they didn't connect with that exercise in nature. Uh, but once you ex- once you got them out there and they might have came with their wife or husband or, or friend and said, well, what's this all about? But once they got into it, I mean, there's still people that I met back in 2007 that are still helping with the trails, still racing, um, still a large part of this community. And it's just, but when I first met them, they kind of look at you, they'd be buying a pair of shoes from me and I'd be selling them a pair of road shoes. I'd be like, hey, we're doing a a group hike tonight. We might run a little bit, why don't you come out? You know, and they give you this look like, ah, I have bad knees or ankles. Oh, I haven't ran since the military or in college or, you know, high school. And then they would come and, you know, I'd prod them a little bit and just say, well, here we have a schedule, you know, and uh, come out sometime. And once they did, it's just, it was, they just became addicted to it and came out with us all the time. So I find that it just was one of those things. You just have to get people to get out there. And uh, so I thought I did a fairly good job at that. but as far as you alluding to me as a great runner, I'm far from that. I just enjoy it, so uh, I'm out there a lot. I, I'm not really talented. You're not,
0: well. You're not a slug either. I mean, all right, maybe you're not the fastest or most talented, but I mean, I think in the most recent, I forget what. Maybe it was the view or something like that. I mean, you were still like 14th or 16th out of like 160 or something like that.
1: Yeah, I'm not bad, but it, it, like I said, I'm not. You know, you're not I'm the lipsties of the world. No, no, not by no, no, not not the least, but uh but no this this you hit on about community um there's something in central pa i don't know and i can't put my finger on it uh and i don't think anybody really can but the sense of community that we have i it just it became it, it was just natural i mean we met some of the the greatest people just i mean genuine people um they just seemed attracted to what was going on here so and you've been to our events before i mean you get done and everyone's hanging out no one's in a hurry to leave. Everybody's talking, and um, it's just a neat thing. I, I I look at it and I can't figure out why, but it's just you know, maybe we lucked out. But um, I hear from other race directors from across the country, like, "Wow, I wish we had what you have there." But and and how did you do that? I it's like I don't know. Just it, it just happened. It's just some neat people came together, and and we're constantly getting new new people. Um, we just did a trail run yesterday at Heiner, and a girl drove up two hours to. To run with us and she's like there's something special about this place this is great you know and uh so we hear it every time so and at the events the same thing just get new people and uh they're just they're just drawn to it so we must weed out the people that don't get what we're doing and you know it just seems like the 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 genuine people that really love trail running and just like people and having that connection they seem to seem to like our events
0: it for sure feels um it, to your point and have being there and have experienced it, I, um, I mean, just like you, right, our, our kind of calendars and events are full and there's only so many weekends. Are you, I mean, it seems like you're out doing an event, whether it be yours or another one, like two or three weekends of like every month of your your mm-hmm. kind of existence. Um but whatever, they they kind of fill up uh, in a hurry in terms of, of weekends and places to go. But in my experience, like following Heiner, I was like, yeah, like this is, I mean, this is pretty wild. I mean, there's a lot, one, there's just a, a lot of people and we'll maybe get to that here in a minute. Uh, but the level of people, like the amount of just locals that are like making baked goods and the people who are, look like they were maybe never runners, but still having just as good a time, like being out there and doing like the post race and hanging out. Um, I feel like that's a. I don't know. It, again, it may just speak to that outdoors related kind of working class background of like central PA. Maybe you go to some other areas like, I don't know, like here in Ithaca. I don't know. Maybe there's like a, a bajillion things to do and there's a more uppity population and and it's this, I don't know, high brow, white collar, whatever, that is not necessarily going out and playing on the trails and getting dirty mm-hmm. and enjoying each other's company and like having a, a focal point of the community almost like i don't know like vfws or, or not, maybe that's not a good example but like something <laughs> where you'd have these like entities that would bring people together like that's almost like you guys now where you, you basically have a like um sasquad running kim's events i think her i forget what her slogan is but it's like a party at every event or something like that and for yeah. you i mean it really is like a party of like hundreds or a thousand of like some of your closest friends and community yeah. members at like every event
1: yeah, i i hear more times than not and uh you'll see it if we do a work weekend or a trail any after every event uh you you always see people posting uh hey great you know great weekend another great weekend at my you know like a family reunion and i hear that all the time about a family reunion every race and it's it is i mean we get people coming from all over the state and you know they they can't they stay over and uh you know we found that a lot of people they become friends at our events and it's it's kind of neat you know i see see this happening <clears throat> every year where two people meet at an event next thing you know they're they're vacationing together or they're going for training runs together or, you know or they're traveling to some other state for a race together it's just kind of neat uh to see that people become like the relationships that are made at these events and uh, uh it's just kind of neat I, I think i get more out of that than the actual race itself uh you know by the time i finish and people, Oh, what's your time? I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, let me go over here and grab a beer and, you know, get something to eat and I'll talk to you in a little bit. So, Hey, there's... <laughs> so it's just, it's just something that it it's, it is my life. Like it became uh, you know, it, it's kind of my passion is we're either out running or we're out working or, you know, we're out clearing some trails or just doing some fun runs, but there's, there's always something going on here. And it, it's kind of neat to see that the trailheads are, you know, always busy, and people are getting out there. So,
0: and how about the impact? I know that you guys, as a community, have been really proactive in uh, cutting in or maintaining trails, and you've invested uh, a decent amount into buying the equipment that people can still then use to um, also maintain the trails around you. And you've got the the community and the following and the passionate uh, base to you know put in that time. It doesn't look like it's necessarily pulling hairs to get people mm-hmm. to come out and join you and and put in uh, some of that work um, so there's that level of impact uh, how about also just the um, level of uh, and i guess there's the social and emotional and well-being impact uh, but also the economic impact i mean in some of these communities where maybe it's lost its industry or it doesn't have mm-hmm. a lot of drivers particularly certain seasons of the year for you you'd mentioned in the beginning where uh, some member or somebody from the DEC or whatever came out and asked you uh, about putting on an event, yeah. uh, so it, has that been a pretty uh, proactive relationship? And have you been able to quantify quantify some of really what you've brought into these
1: communities? Well, yeah. So DCNR um, Sprout State Forest, they approached me. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the PA Wilds, but that yeah. initiative was started just like you said. Some industry has left, and I think uh, Pennsylvania decided, like, hey, we have some areas that we'd really like to promote. Um, you know, outdoors. To get tourism because there's really not a lot going on in some of these small towns and but i was approached at my shoe store was um the mega transect was going on in lock haven and it had a couple hundred people and it was pretty popular and uh the forester i think someone from up above him just said hey you know let's see if we could get an event here and uh you know get a little tourism to our area but they they've been great um they basically gave us the green light and showed me around and. Um, the the neat thing about Heiner is probably 75% of the trails that you're running on up there, uh, we made. The, you know, we connected some old maybe logging trails from the CCC days, but there really wasn't much uh, there. And um, so they were really, um, really good with us. They, they basically said, here, you want to connect this hollow to this hollow, you know, go right ahead. We'll go out. And uh, you flag it and we'll prove it. And um, so yeah, they they were instrumental in getting the Heiner started. Um, Ted Lagenza just retired, he was our um um our rec forester and he he still asks about you all the time because you won the 50k back in what 2015 14, I think.
0: Yeah, probably 50K. your slowest win time ever, but I'll take it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, but he he still mentioned you, hey, is my buddy coming back? But he he really liked, I think he really got into the events because he saw that you know, that area didn't get a lot of attention. There's not a lot of people hike. I mean, the, the trails get overgrown up there, um, and they're not well-maintained. Well, they weren't. And, but for him to see a thousand people or more coming there each year, like he's just, you know, an old guy, old forester, but he, he just got a kick out of it. But I, I thank him. I, I thank him and his bosses, but DCNR has been great with this. They, they open gates for us. Um, you know, they, if we have a work day, they'll, you know, we can drive to the trailhead, you know, through gates and different things that they're, they're very well, um, you know, they're, they're, uh, they support us really well. I, I can't thank them enough. And, and each forest district here in Pennsylvania is a little different, but as far as Sproul State Forest, I, I can't say enough. They, they've been really good. Um, they let us make all those trails and, um, you know, each year they would say, Hey, we walked the trails after the event and we didn't see any problems with them. So if you want to increase your numbers, I had no, uh, interest in, you know, I thought when we had 600 people, I thought that that's fine. That's enough that people to feed and have out on the trails and have aid stations for, but it was actually the rec forester that every year said, Hey, if you want to increase your numbers. And I was like, okay, we'll go up a hundred. And then next thing you know, we're, you know, uh, well over a thousand so but that was them they they really encouraged us to uh get people out there and use their you know use their uh state for us so
0: and i'm gonna keep on that uh line of conversation but i want to plug the comment here just in uh, more where we were just a minute ago just because i mean it speaks to what you've seen in terms of the community over the years but also speaks to the difference that you've made uh for people that you are uh seeing out there um so in terms of this comment of of thanks. Um so I'm not sure whether you recognize the, the name or the, the something there, but somebody who you've you've made a, a difference. Uh well, that's,
1: that's the frozen snot race tractor right there.
2: Oh oh is that you have, the, yeah, you'll have Luke uh, on later.
0: That so. a boy Luke. Um yeah, sorry, I didn't get the uh, FS or the frozen <laughs> snot piece. Yeah. Um cool. Um so the that impact in trails, and it seems like that area can uh, take it in that in the one time, at least running, I mean, cause you're always, I'm sure that when you're going other places too, you're always thinking about it from your having at least your event hat on in some way. And so you're thinking mm-hmm. of the trails and the networks and the footing and the impact and all that. And it seems like as an example, something with Heiner, it was one that whether it be logging roads or whether it be at least, uh, the intentional, uh drainage or whatever of trails Mm -hmm. that it could kind of take the the volume so to speak so i could see the uh dsn dcnr um being like yeah i mean it looks good here kind of bring it in
1: yeah they they um are rec forester each year after heiner because you know we're actually up to 1400 1500 people signed up now we usually have about 1100 finished between the 25 and 50k but he would go out and walk sections of the course after the event every year. And if there was any sections that he said, hey, this could use a little work, he would rope it off, you know, flag it off in some blue ribbons and say, hey, can you go up and fix that? Um, I think he might have had to do that two times in 17 years um, to say, hey, you know, this spot got washed out a little bit. And a lot of it was just natural erosion, like we got a big storm and or a tree uprooted and, you know, took out half the trail. But um, We kind of went by him. We weren't trying to force the issue with, you know, the amount of impact, but um, he would walk it each year and, you know, probably the last six years, we've been more proactive. Um, When we have a trail work day, um, it's amazing. We'll get like 60 people, 70 people come out for a day. Now we only work about three to four hours, but it's usually side hill digging. And uh, so we'll fix up the trails before he even goes out and walks them. Like we'll go out each year and we'll pick a trail and just work on it. Um, but usually what, in my experience, it's been like the weather or the, a lot of ash trees are falling in the hollows. That's usually what disrupts our trails right now, uh, more than anything. It's not the feet, you know, actually the more foot, um, traffic we have on them, the better, they get beat in a little bit better. But, but we've been trying to be more proactive in keeping the trails maintained so they can take the pounding. But as far as DCNR, they've been pretty happy with us. That's hence why they allow us to have the numbers that we do.
0: And what do you? How does it feel for you? I feel like so far, at least for some of mine, uh, sweet spot is around four hundred or less. And beyond that, for me, it's just started to feel like less personal or like too big, or it changes the personality or the nature. Or maybe it's just a con constraint of like a parking area, which something like that's I guess that's always a real thing. But you know, you've been pretty intentional of the areas you have access to to be able to accommodate uh, those numbers. But have you have you felt like the Like in your, I guess each of your races may have a slightly different vibe or feel or uh, context or whatever. uh, But do you feel like there's a sweet spot for you? Do you feel like the energy of the crowd or the personality of the event changes between uh, something like, I don't know, Sproul and something like Heiner and it's negatively impacted? Or or like how big is too big? I.
1: I had a race director tell me one time um, he handed the boulder beast over to me and he said, I don't know how you do it with Heiner with that many people. And I told him, I said, well, you know, once you have a couple hundred people, 300, 400, you don't notice like Heiner doesn't feel like a thousand people. Um, It's no harder. I mean, you just order more food, you order more shirts and that. But actually, um, every event feels the same to me. Um, We used to have the Heiner half and we'd get maybe a hundred now with the Roxvania series, we're up to you know 200, 25, but it's a small park there, um, but it feels the same. It is it, it is weird. It doesn't matter if it's a hundred or a thousand, the energy's the same for me. Like I just get just as excited. I think the people are just excited, but the, the common denominator is it's a lot of the same people that do our events. And <clears throat> so it, it all has that same vibe. Um, you know, the finish line's the same. People are high-fiving and, you know, they're hugging and they're, you know, it, everyone's sitting around and eating. So I I really don't, you know, I think the Heiner half is our smallest event. And, but I get just as nervous. I get just as, you know, I do, I have the same energy to get things done. Uh, we do the same amount of trail work. Um, we always try to have our trails uh, ready for the event. And uh, so I, I really, personally, I can be honest, I don't, I don't see a difference. I, I every event's the same to me, but it, it all has that same vibe. Um, at the finish line, um, Heiner is a little bit bigger, there's you know, you notice a few more people, but we have it uh in an area now that we can spread out a little bit more. Um, so it does have a little bit different feeling, just the volume of people. Um, but it, but really the same, it still has that same vibe to it. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but uh, so to me. You know, whether we have 150 people at a race or 1,400, I do the same amount of work. And it's, you know, I wake up the same with the jitters and, you know, just making sure everything's gone good. So I don't see a difference.
0: And one thing that uh, we talked just a minute or so about uh, before we went live here was in, in terms of you seeing the difference and feeling the difference. I think it's, I don't know how many RDs run their own races. Uh, for me, I don't know if I... I I don't know, maybe I, there's too much. I'm worrying about too many things to be able to just kind of uh, step off and feel like I wouldn't be there to put out like certain fires or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's been pretty impressive that for your races that you've been able to, to relinquish that, that control and to be able to go out and just run your own races. And, and Hey, like this, the crew's done it before they're maybe seasoned vets or like, Hey, you all got this.
1: Like I'm out for a while. Yeah. I, I started at Heiner. I think it was the third year of the event, the fire companies, um, they're the backbone of the event, uh, for me because it's medical. Uh, once the race starts, in my opinion, there's nothing for me to do. Once the gun goes off, you're, you're standing there and the place gets quiet and you're, you're looking around like, well, what do I do? Maybe drive around and check the course out. Well, the fire companies, uh, in the EMS to me, they told me third year, they're like, why aren't you running? And I said, oh, I didn't think you'd like that. Like, You know, you'd want to, and they were like, no, we got this. So that kind of gave me the uh, uh, kind of the green light to go out and run. And I actually tell other race directors when they're starting, I actually suggest to them, you should run your own race sometime because you learn more that day running your own race than anything, because you get to see firsthand what the other runners see. Um, and you can correct any problems for the next year, like, oh, that aid station, we should have put that down here instead of there. But you also get the the feeling of when you run into the aid station, you hear the cowbells or, you know, uh, whatever, like you you get that atmosphere. So you kind of get the get the feeling of runners are getting. And either you get done and you think, oh, we have some things to fix and, you know, improve or, you you know, a lot of times I'll finish and I'll be like, oh, my God, that was great you know, everybody was there where they were supposed to be. The course was, you know, flagged just the way I wanted it. Um, But you don't get that standing on the sidelines. I, so I always tell people, uh, you know, get out there and at least do your race once or twice, because I think it, I think you learn more from that. But going with that, uh, you hit on was just relying on people. Is at Heiner, for instance, in most of our events, uh, it's the same volunteer groups every year um, and try to take their spot away from them. I mean, they, they the, you know, we've had the Boy Scouts at the top of SOB for 15 years now. And to tell them like, hey, you know, you know, do you want to do it? They're like, why are you even asking us? That's where we want to be. And the vets group that we have at post draft at the top there of Johnson run every year. I mean, they're spot on. Leadership Clinton County at The View. So every year I know I have those groups. I mean, they they know better than I do. So they look at me kind of like, hey, don't bother us. You know, we're good. Uh, I hire food people. Hey, get away from us, Craig. We know what we're doing. You know, New Trail Brewing Company comes to the event. Craig, we got this. You just you have other things to do. But everybody tells you, hey, you have other things to do, and they shoo you away saying, we we want to take this and we want to, uh, you know we want to handle this. Well, then then you look around before the race and you're looking around like, I don't have anything to do. So um i I'm a true believer that the chef has to eat his own cooking. I mean, if I'm gonna send people out there to the view, I want to be out there with them and uh, I, I, I think I, I, get more out of the event just being part of it like that.
0: For you, have there been any that have been, um, I guess more meaningful for you, which, which do you feel, I guess, most attached to, um, well, let's just start there before I kind of border on another concept. Any that you feel like most attached to in terms of an event?
1: I'd have to say Heiner, um, because we designed the course like like we went out and we built it so um and then i'd probably say second would be our sprawl 10k because here again we went out we designed the course we built it some some uh the trails were kind of there they might have been 100 years old maybe back from the ccc days um but it, so we had to rehab them we had to open them back up they might have been six inches wide in most spots you know almost like a deer deer trail but Um, I'd probably say Heiner just because that was my first chance to, like, go out and scope out, spend, you know, endless uh, hours out walking the the mountains, trying to connect, you know, one hollow to another. And then uh, the backbreaking work of getting them opened up. I think that's what's special. Um, But when you go up to that view, I I mean, it's just the feeling that you get when you're climbing up there to that wall and you look down at the view. I, I don't know. It just never gets old. So I'd probably say Heiner, um, we have some great other events. Um, but Heiner, we were able to build from scratch. I, I think that every time I'm up there, I'm always amazed like, Hey, you know, 17 years ago, we started this, like we, we made this trail, you know, we actually dug it out by hand. Um, so that has a special place for me. And then of course Heiner cause, um, uh, excuse me if I get a little choked up, but we lost Carl under yep. at the view uh, two years ago at the view. So I think the view will always have a special place. Um, and to say something about Carl and excuse me, but he even told a lot of us and his own wife that, that if he had to go, that's, that's where he'd want to go was at that view. And of course, that's where he dropped. Mm -hmm. So, um, we have a bell, um, that we erected last year, John Schaefer and his crew, uh, put in a bell, uh, for Carl. So when you come up, right before the, the Vista there, we ring it. And, uh, everybody, it was kind of emotional last year, everybody, but I thought that was a nice touch and, uh, you know, but so, yeah, I'd probably say Heiner and especially now that Carl's gone, one of our, uh, main trail dogs, um, you know, that will always be special to me climbing up to that view. So.
0: That's some, that's some pressure on you though, too. It's a good thing. It's a special race for you already because with, with, um, the, um, personal uh, relationship you had with Carl, and for so many of you now you got to keep that race going for kind of like forever like you got you got to die putting that race on basically
1: yeah yeah he he was he was incredible i mean but he's just one there's a hundred carls out there um and you know i i always tell people like we have such a great community um and just you know the hit on like the whole trail maintenance thing uh we started a trail adoption program and um So we spent, I think I added up almost $30,000 in the last two years on trail tools. So brush hogs, we bought probably almost 35 weed whackers and all good, you know, steel brand and uh, chainsaws. We sent eight people to chainsaw safety class last year. And I think we have eight people to take it this year, but we spent a lot of money in it. But what I found was a lot of people like to give back. And I always said in trail running, it's not like road running where you have streets and you have... Bike paths that are built for you, uh, the trails. You're either a giver or you're a taker. I always say, you're either out running and moving some twigs off the trail, or pulling a tree off the trail, or you know, or you're taking. You're just jumping over it and letting it for the next person. And what I found here was it's amazing. Everybody, it seems, is a is a giver. Um, we have trail work days that you know we we'll have sixty or seventy people show up, and um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they'll take a day off or some vacation time. And it's just, but that's how Carl was. Now, Carl was retired by the time that we ran, you know, got introduced to him. But it's just, we have another hundred of him just out there floating around. Uh, and just not all men. I mean, we have a lot of women that come to our, our trail work days. They're great. I mean, they're all out there. Uh, Learn how to use, you know, weed whackers and saws. But it's really a neat community because I find that people are willing to give themselves. And so when they come to an event, why we liked Carl so much was, you know, being, you know, 80 years old and doing an event like Heiner or the Boulder Beast or Call of the Wilds. And, you know, for anybody complaining about the course, you always had Carl saying, oh, you know, you, you, you know, you wimps, like that was easy or, you know, that, but that was fun. And, uh, but it's just that attitude that we have so many people like that, that, you know, even if it's a tough course or, you know, maybe it's raining that day or cold or, or, you know, or 90 degrees, it's just the atmosphere, but it's those people, they just give back, they give back to the sport. And, uh, I mean, in so many ways, even when they're doing the event, um, but they're giving back, doing trail work, they're having fun runs, they're showing, they're getting other people into the sport. And, um, I think that's very important because we, we need to keep this sport growing. And, uh, so Our whole thing is, well, let's just lead by example. Let's keep the trails open so people can enjoy them, but also let's have fun with it. And uh, so that's the whole thing about our events. We keep them simple. I know some people that rubs the wrong way that, you know, we have different policies and things, but we want it to be simple because we're all we're all running our volunteers um, that do the trail maintenance thing if they're not if they're not running that day they go out and do an aid station or they they go and do things but they always want to be involved and I, I can't thank them enough for that but carl was just the epitome of that always giving back to the sport and um you know even you know even with our kids races and things like that we have so many volunteers that show up for that even though it's a kids race and they they cheer on the kids and they're out on the course and so it's a really neat community i i can't say enough about it I'm just a small part of it, but I'm glad I am. I mean, it's definitely changed my life.
0: Well, I guess it is a huge community, and I guess in that in that sense, I'll kind of allow the the small part of it. Uh, but I would my my first reaction is like, come on, dude, you're you're a huge part of it in terms of uh, the not just uh, numbers, but in terms of the example I think that you're setting and the amount of people that you're. You're touching out there, who then have the butterfly effects, and you know, taking it down to their own communities. Uh, you had reference in terms of keeping the sport growing. Uh, again, acknowledging that we've both been a um, uh, part of the growth of the sport. It's not like we were necessarily, you know, the first doing it, and it's we've we've been a part of that growth. Um, but how's that been for you? I mean, it's become a more competitive landscape. You have uh, a couple different. Um, uh, great individuals putting on some awesome events uh, mm-hmm. right around you as well. And it and it's yeah. a pretty busy calendar and it's a pretty increasingly busy area in terms of yeah. uh, events. I,
1: well, we all, we're all friends here, you know, so like the frozen snot we were out flagging the course, cutting trees off, you know, helping Luke out and Paul Knoll heads up his trail uh, crew for Luke, but Paul's also a PA trail dog, so We're, we all support one another. And, but I tell race directors when they're starting is you have to when you put your race on, you put it on like it's the best event in the world. And you and you have to believe that. I said other, otherwise, then you're going to fail. And, I, and, you know, I'll have race directors say, oh, but it could never live up to Hein or something. I was like, it has to it better. You know, you better put the effort and you better be passionate about it, because if if you do that, it's going to make us all better. And so I like that it's not I don't look at it as much as a competition as we're all trying to make each other better. So if if X race over here starts he, and he puts on the best event, Well, that's good because that's going to make me want to, you know, maybe even learn some things to make my event better. But also if someone comes in from another state and does our events, I mean, I want that event to succeed because that makes us all look good. So I think it's it's one of those things I don't really look at it as much of a competition because we're all kind of helping each other out. We all do each other's races. Um, you know, if someone says, hey, Craig, can I borrow some water jugs or hey, do you have an extra tent? It's like, yeah, sure. Here you go. And uh, we try to support one another because um, we have such a good community here. But I, I want every race to be successful in Central PA because I, I want you know, I want everybody to th- you know have a good experience because then they might look at one of my races. And say, well, hey, I, you know, I did so and so's race, and I really liked that. That was a really neat, well organized. Maybe I'll go try one at Craig's. Um, so it helps us all out. So I think it's one of those things you just have a, a high standard. And um, I kind of put my head down now that when you mention about how many races are popping up, it seems like there's a race every weekend. And I decided a few years ago to just, you know, have tunnel vision of worrying about what I'm doing. I can't worry about what other people or necessarily doing. We we have our mission, and that's to keep, you know, keep plugging away with, you know, making and uh, keeping the trails open. But also, when we put a vent on, we do it our way, and hopefully, it works for people. If not, we're not going to change just because you know a couple people want this or that. We we kind of have our way of doing it, and it's been successful um, because it benefits us. It's what we're passionate about. We just hope that when we put an event on as trail runners you know, kind of our personalities come out in our event. So, uh, so far it's been good, but we, uh, like I said, we, we really don't worry about what other people are doing as much. Uh, Otherwise we'll get distracted. So uh, we just keep plugging away.
0: And that was, I thought of you and the community uh, around you and and for sure that central PA scene, there was, I think an article that popped up um, when I think there was, I don't know, part of the headlines regarding like UTMB and the Ironman, but I think like outside did an article that caught my attention of, I think it was like, what did we all miss or something like that with UTMB's takeover of whatever events and like everything's there. The take of the article, the sentiment seemingly expressing the article was like, like everybody now is going to be feeding into these like UN UTMB qualifying races. And like, this is in my first reaction was like, like, who's writing this article? Like, what, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Like, I can, like, I would assume that one of the most successful trail event community trail and trail event communities that I've seen is coming at central PRPA corridor. And I can probably tell you that like 95% of everybody participating in, in those races, and they don't, maybe they know about UTMB, but they could probably really care less about UTMB or what's happening in that space.
1: Yeah. We're, what I like about our trail community is I, I, it's kind of like a mom and pops, you know, when you come to Heiner, um, you know, we, and we've had some really good runners come to that event and, uh, but it's, you know, it's the church ladies making the, the dessert table and it's the local guys, you know, uh, Making the chickens, you know, with it, you know, they have the big smokers and uh, it's just the local fire companies are out there. I, I like it that way. I I don't, you know, we we I don't we don't worry too much about what other people are doing. Um, it just works for us just to have it low key. Um, like I said, new trail brewing company comes and they've been great. They partnered with us and you know, they've named a couple of their beers after our trails. They come to our trail work days. But it's just we're trying to build a community, but we're also trying to keep that community going. Um, Like I mentioned, you know, with Tanya and I starting the kids, some of the kids races, you know, we're just trying to get people out there. And uh, we don't really worry about that outside, you know, uh, noise, I guess. So I I don't know much about those events. I'm sure they're great. Um, But we like what we're doing here and we don't get really caught up in too much of that. So awesome.
0: And how about uh, last thing, and then maybe I'll um, let you go and weave in the Maryland contingent. Thank, thanks for being on that uh, back end. How about for you? Any, um, I mean, one, none of us are really getting any younger. Uh, the mm-hmm. events take quite a bit of uh, energy, uh, emotion, physical draw uh, forever. Um have you kind of uh, got on the board a lot of what you've wanted to do or do you have any bucket list things of things you've always wanted to try either as a participant or an
1: RD? Uh, that's a tough one. I personally, I want to just keep, you know, running, you know, I want to be Carl Underkoffler. Like I want to be running when I'm 80. Uh, so I stick to the shorter distances, the 25 K's, you know, Boulder beast, maybe 25 miles and less now, just getting to my age. Um, and I like to race them. So, um, I do like to go out and be in that little pain cave. So I do I like the half marathons and I like the 10Ks and the 25k's where I kind of have to uh blow out the lungs a little bit. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna maintain that uh level as long as I can. Um and I kind of inspire to be like Carl. Um, but as far as RDing, I I think as far as us putting on races, I I you know I'd like to maintain what we have. I'm not really looking to Uh, venture off into any new projects, but I really want to focus what we have been with our kids races. Um, You know, to have 300 kids at Heiner there at the club at Western Clinton and doing that uh, little three and a half mile loop at Little Loggers or Smallfoot. And we have that down at uh, Mount Luther uh, where the dam, uh, the dam half people, mid Penn Trailblazers, they have some events. But I think that's what it's about for me right now is just to get the kids involved. Um, you know, get them out there because I, you know, like you said, we're, we're getting a little older. So we're going to age out at some point. And if you look at any race and look at the age groups, it's pretty heavy when you get 40 and above. And it's a little, you know, it's a little light when you go below that. And I, so I guess my goal as an RD is try to get kids. Uh, Tanya started that wild runners. I don't know if you've seen that mm-hmm. yet, but kids can get points for doing the local trail races and then they can get points to either to the events or to her shop and stuff like that. But, um, and then we have our Roxovania kids trail series that we started we teamed up with another race director out of, uh, Wellsboro area. And, uh, so we have a three kids race. So as far as being a race director, I think that's my mission is continue what we're doing, but also we got to get the youth out there, try to get the kids involved. Um, so we can keep the sport going. So, you know, when I'm retired, and I'd like, I'd like to look back and see that the sport's still going strong.
0: Right on. Well, that's awesome. And I'll, um, i actually, I don't know if I did see the wild runners um, piece uh, that yeah, Tanya. Has yeah, written. it's
1: something new that Tanya started with Revive Gear, and it's just, it's a neat way that kids can. And it came up; it, uh, a couple of kids came up with it. Was hey, why can't we get earn some points, and maybe we could use our points towards getting into some races or or buying apparel from Revive. But it was really neat, but it was the, actually the kids that wanted to do it, like have a little points that they could earn. So she started that initiative. It's new for this year. And I think, I forget how many races. I'm going to say 30 oh, wow. or so local races all joined in. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's a pretty neat little thing. And uh, like I said, Roxovania, the kids series uh, has gone strong. I think last year we had 67 kids. So it's 12 and under. We had 67 kids that earned... Um, a prize at the end of the year that they did all three. I think that's fantastic that mm-hmm. for our first year of doing it. Um, and we gave them a quarter zip shirt. And anytime I see those kids out at another event or I see them on Facebook, like their parents will take pictures of them going to school. They have that shirt on all the time because they know they earned it. They did three, yeah. three cool trail runs. So, so I think as RD, I, I can't stress it enough. I think that's my, my goal is keep the trails open, but uh, and keep doing that because I love doing trail work. But also uh, just getting just getting the young kids out there.
0: Cool. Well, maybe yeah. if she's maybe she's there listening with you. If not, I'll uh, see if I can text Tanya and uh, okay. maybe see if I can get her on and talk about some of the uh, kids' initiatives.
1: Yeah, yeah, she'd be a great guest for that.
0: Right on. Well, Craig, I really appreciate you yeah. uh, coming on. I, it's, there's so so many of us that appreciate uh, what you've done uh, for the communities and the uh, the space. So uh, mm-hmm. thanks for all of that, and again, thanks for being on tonight.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Happy trails.
0: All right, man. Talk to you later. Okay. All right, um, so we are going to uh, turn our attention a bit uh, south, and we are going to weave in a well. There's Mike, uh, Virginia. I was going to say Maryland contingent, but I guess technically you're not all from uh, Maryland there, but we can split those hairs uh, momentarily. Um, Ian, hey, it's What's it's, uh, hey, well, this is this is going on. I I appreciate uh gabe and trent you've joined uh before uh trent on multiple occasions i appreciate you continuing to allow me to um uh expose you uh to the the larger world
2: (laughs) i'm just excited to hear uh from mike and aaron tonight and hear what they've got to say because they look good on camera i don't know about gabe and i Uh, all
0: right so let's get into so for those who uh don't uh know I can't see. It's a little dark, uh, Gabe. I can't tell whether your chops are as uh, as going on at the moment. Oh yeah, there they are. All right, good. It's going all on. Right, is that and it's it's, yeah.
3: it's no it's no surprise there, or or whatever that Trent and I are both in, in vehicles car? for this. I mean, yeah, that's just our lives are completely insane.
0: Yeah. But in I appreciate you, despite the things being so insane that you're making this time happen. And apparently, at even different cars. Maybe you're parked next to one another. I don't know, but
2: <laughs> a different states all over the place.
0: Um. Uh, all right, so. Let's uh, make use of your time that you're, you're thankfully offering us at the moment. So um, Gabe is coming to us from, well, I don't know where you are in your car, but in terms of like living, uh, coming to us from Sharptown, Maryland, uh, and I hear the town code mandates that all community members look sharp on a daily basis, which is why he usually has the, the chops that are so carved out. Uh, uh, I think that's municipal code. Uh, he's a beast of his runner, uh, beast of his runner on his own with uh, finishing epics such as the Dragon's Back, URA 100, and UTMB. Um, as I may have noticed bef- uh, noted before, I believe his most notable finish continues to be uh, a fifth-place finish at the On the Bacon Trail Naylor Mill 7K. Um, that may be one of the hardest-fought uh, fifth places uh, that I've, I'm aware of. And uh, in order to pass some of his own suffering back to others, he's created a Fight Club-style Duck 100K. so a way to transfer the, uh, the suffering onto the backs of, of others. Got to give back. You do, have, you do have to give back, and, yes. and some people, people give back in different ways. Uh, it's good that you give back in that way. Uh, Trent uh, is coming to us. Again, I don't know where he's at in the car at the moment, uh, but in theory, some of the time is spent in Fruitland, Maryland. Uh, it should be noted that uh, the town's original name was Disharoon's Crossing. Uh, And I I believe that's uh, appropriate to note because I I think that that would make a pretty stellar uh, trail race name is Disharoon's Crossing. And so I'm still waiting for that to to happen. And then uh, he directs a number of gems, including the Algonquin 50K. He finds catharsis in smashing race mugs, uh, (laughs) offering really crappy courses disguised as trails for people to run and uh, creating gems of culture, such as the Quitter's Couch um, and a uh whether you like it or not a frequent guest here in the trails collective so i, I appreciate your your time and energy there trent good to um, be here. thanks man yeah man michael uh kutu that that, that I, I usually bludgeon things
4: <laughs> it's uh it's, it's pronounced Kuchuk. it's kind of like a sneeze that's the best way to help people kutu right exactly
0: that's good kuchu. that's that yeah yeah i'm sorry were you talking to uh michael there trent when you yeah bless you, oh,
5: bless you, trent. yeah bless oh you.
0: yeah actually yeah bless you so is that tricky sometimes when you're like in a public setting and and like somebody sneezes and you're like wait uh, i'm not sure whether they just called they, they were, is that <laughs> yeah. me or they were just oh. uh-huh yep 100
4: percent. Right. it's always confusing
0: all right, we might as well ride that thread just one step further. So, have you thought about just kind of creating your own kind of tissue company? Because, I mean, if you went with like <laughs> Kuchus, uh, like for Kuchus, like that might work. I haven't thought about it until now, but it, it sounds like a good idea. I think it sounds like a good idea, too. Uh, I didn't think about it until right now either. I didn't come prep with that because clearly I didn't know how to pronounce your last name appropriately. So, um, Trail, so he's coming to us from Easton, Maryland. Um, That's in my notes, I think I initially wrote Eastern Maryland um, as opposed to, to Eastern. Um, trail running routes in the central and southwest. It appears he has uh, with a bad water one thirty five finish. Uh, basically, you seem like you like events that are wicked hot, dry, and otherwise suck. Uh, and so, is that what drew you to the Duck in Algonquin fifty k? That events that kind of suck.
4: Uh, yeah, hundred percent. When I heard about uh, the Duck one hundred k. I kind of had an idea of uh, what was going to happen as far as having to run 250 Ks back to back. And I knew that the one race overnight, the duck itself would be on a course that nobody knows about in a location nobody knows about. You find out about it, you know, an hour and a half, two hours before the race. And uh, it just seemed like a really cool event. And uh, it's, I've never heard, of anything like it in my life. I actually uh, texted Trent and I said, hey, I've, I've never heard of anything like this. It's really, really cool. And, you know, since I moved back from Texas, I've been looking for a running community and I got involved uh, first running at the Pemberton 24. And when I saw how Trent did his events, I, I kind of needed to see more because they're very unique and he goes all out. So uh, I found about the Duck 100K
0: and, and I had to do it. All right, let's come back to that and uh, experiencing the Pemberton and then wanting more. Uh, let's introduce uh, Lady, Lady Hawk there. Um, Aaron. Uh, it's a little bit tougher for me on a uh, tight schedule to do appropriate amount of stalking and sleuthing for you. So aside from uh, some of the messages, which um, have you in uh, Tanzania. And Kenya. And Kenya uh, over the years, which maybe we can uh, talk about that here uh, momentarily. But otherwise, you got a clean slate, at least on uh, ultra sign up, which makes it, again, uh, tougher to stalk. And so uh, this is what you're coming to us from Alexandria, Virginia. Um, Yeah. Which um, does it uh, was this are you Alexandria, Virginia? I mean, is it possible that you kind of work for uh, the government and really you're just kind of showing up to because the duck 100K is clearly something that people aren't really supposed to to talk about? That you were really there just trying to get a line on the duck.
6: That's, that's a good point, but no, I stay far, far away from the government.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. That's fair. And then, so, so you can't um, uh, weigh in then on any, um, I mean, are they really, really balloons? Um, That's
6: a good question. I mean, I I mean, my, they are balloons. They are definitely balloons and they should definitely be shot down.
0: (laughs) Uh, Do you think it's possible that um, maybe for next year, um, Trent, because he likes to go big with concepts could come up with a a high altitude balloon that could maybe get uh, shot down to, to start the race.
6: I think, I think I know some people, I think I know some people in a building with five uh, lines on it that could possibly do something about that.
0: That's good. Um, I now, might,
2: you, you, you do know, know that, uh, that that balloon was shot down during the Algonquin 50 K. I'm not saying we had anything to do with it, but the actual shooting down of that balloon did happen on our watch.
0: Um. Maybe it, was just
2: also,
0: maybe it was also just trying to get a line on the duck. So it was actually flying over around that time just to, to see if you can get a camera on it. And uh, well, yeah, I mean, everybody wants a piece. So this was all right. So let's before we get into maybe your performances out there and your experience with events that otherwise suck, um, Gabe, give us the let's start with you and then Trent into you because you're kind of like the Batman and Robin of the, uh, the weekend here. Uh, tell us a a little bit about, uh, the two events for those who may think that they've experienced some amazing trail running and event, uh, but they, they haven't experienced yours yet.
3: Would it make sense for you to go first, Trent? Probably.
0: Sure.
2: Although the, uh, the, Trent
0: usually goes first. I mean, from, so
2: it just makes sense.
0: (laughs) Go ahead, Trent. Yes.
2: Well, although the duck actually starts before Algonquin, Algonquin started like two years before duck, and the whole premise of Algonquin was to bring people to experience the trails on Delmarva and to let them experience all of it, meaning the uh, the trails when they're flooded, when they're cold, when they're difficult. And uh, so we created the the event back in 2017, and what many may not know is actually the very first event we ever put on, we went straight to a 50K before before going to any other distances. And uh, it's been a smashing success. Um, We uh, (laughs) we definitely love to see people, we love success and failure. Um, We do love to see people finish and reach their goals, but those that don't, we love it when they come back and and, uh, on a second year or third year, Uh, we had a guy that, you know, he came in after the cutoff, like two years in a row and then the third year was able to, to finish in under eight hours. So Larry Gonzalez, that's for you. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it's a challenging course because, uh, it's deceptively difficult. Um, it is flat, but there is a lot of sand. There's a lot of, most years, a lot of water this year it's just blistering cold. Um, but, uh, it's, it's brought a lot of people. We usually have about 250 runners each year and, uh, You know, it's it's become something that we say that we spoil people while they're suffering because it's a difficult race. um, But the aid station's are well stocked by amazing volunteers. Um, The people that surround me, the crew, are experienced. They they care for the runners. They make sure that everyone's taken care of. And then, uh, just like Craig mentioned um, before us, uh, we work very closely with the. With the people that they really take care of the land, and that's the rangers and the equestrian groups, and the, you know the uh, the EMTs and people all around us. So um, we're very proud of not only the event, but the people that that help us put it on every year, and the people that run it every year, and even people that want to run it that that want like extra small women's cut shirts <laughs> and hats and sweatshirts <laughs> and hats and shorts, like Lady Hawk. Yeah.
6: I she mean, wants it's very can- everything. It- it's rare you can find a trail running a trail run that has over fifty percent women, and so I just think that we deserve some female size gear.
2: No, you're, you're spot on, and and thank you for highlighting that. The uh, we take pride in knowing that there's always at sign up, there's an equal number, if not more, women than men that run the event. We always think that if we can take care of the first runner and the last runner, we're taking care of everyone in between. And we also think that when you get out there, we want you to feel safe. We want you to feel as if you're you're going out there and you're being taken care of with by people that that uh, are basically family. So, all
0: right. So before we maybe weave in uh, Gabe here in the duck, let's let's catch a couple of your your comments there. So smashing success, which is pretty funny um, in terms of the uh, uh, alluding to some of the mugs that you. Uh, you then smash, but wouldn't it be because what you smash the mugs of the people who don't finish and don't show up? Is that is that what you're smashing?
2: Um, the people that don't don't show up, we it's not even worth our time to smash those mugs. Um, but um, the smashing of the mugs came about the first year. One of our friends, um, she goes by Grizzly uh, Nicole Bellamy. Um, somehow this this pseudo name for me came out as the race dictator because I had all these rules of what we had to do and who had to do it. And so one of them joked around saying, you're the race dictator. And then Nicole one day said, what are you going to do? Smash the mugs. And I said, yeah, we're going to do that. So basically if someone finishes um, or gets pulled from the course um, and they're not able to complete the course, then we smash their mugs. So um, unfortunately this year we had to, for the first time in seven years, We had to extract a runner, and he was taken by ambulance to the hospital, so I had to make a special trip to the hospital with a he's not
3: He's not making this up. He sent me a text message, and he said, I'm going to the hospital, and then it was a picture of a bag with shards of a mug, and I'm like, Trent, this guy (laughs) fell on your course, dislocated his hip, and has to go for emergency surgery. And Trent's like, yeah, that's why I'm making a special trip. I mean, I, I care. That's why I'm going to go. but you could leave the smashed mug And No, no, he took took the smashed mug in there. It was.
2: Yeah, he awesome. got it. Well, I wanted to make sure that he knew what he <laughs> he missed. Um, so, he got the smashed mug, and you know, at least for this one, he could put it back together. But um, and and he got a map so he could show people where happened. But, you know, he's a <laughs> he's a military guy from. DC I think he appreciated it appreciated it um, so no, that we do do this I mean the mug thing does happen um, but uh, you know it's basically if someone doesn't get pulled if they finish over the eight hours they're still getting a mug so it's really just people that don't make the cutoffs um, and the surprising thing is every year um, people that don't finish they actually come back and they want to watch their mug get smashed and then use that as inspiration which wasn't the reasoning behind smashing the mugs at the beginning um, but they do take it home, and some of them have actually put in, like, shadow boxes and use it as inspiration to come back and, and complete the course um, in uh, under eight hours and, and get a nice mug. But the That's- truth is we're not going to use the same mug next year. It's not like metals that we use the same thing over and over every year. You know, Not if you it, smash them. Well, no, we don't. I mean, we're coming up with new mugs every year. Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. So all of those mugs, they either get smashed or they sit in my storage unit.
0: All right. And then the other piece with the the uh, all the shirts for those extra small females in the mix. Come on. Is that really why she's wearing a hat? You're like, Dude, the hell with <laughs> it? Ridiculous. Like, where am I even going to find extra small shirts? And the reality is I'm sitting on too many at the end of the race because oh. there was more than we thought we were going to have. And you're like, yeah. let's just switch to hats. Let's just just stop doing shirts.
2: Well, we did do shirts. Um, but if you have any extra small women's cut shirts, Ian, please send them to, to uh, Lady Hawk. I'll send you her address. I just sent her a package <laughs> with an insane amount of shirts.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's good. That's funny. All right, um, Gabe. So
0: there was Algonquin. Um, what was the inspiration for Duck, and how's that fit into the weekend?
3: Uh, well, um, I, uh, I'm a bit of a, I'm, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little hard headed. I wouldn't call it an overachiever, but um, you know, that's the amazing thing about this uh, ultra running thing is that when I got into it uh, you know, it was kind of by mistake. And then, um, you know, once you, uh, once you get that first finish under your belt, regardless of the distance, it's almost impossible to ignore the what's next question, you know, because it always comes up, especially when you're in the community and you talk to people and you hear about stuff that they're doing or that they've done or they're thinking about doing. And it's always just what's next. It just kind of eats, it eats at me anyway, you know, and, and I'm just somebody that, uh, grew up just, uh, you know, doing all kinds of random things. I was never coordinated enough to 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 play any, uh, you know, um, actual organized sports. So about the only thing that I could do was run in a straight line. Um, and so, um, you know, uh, once we, you know, we started running the the Algonquin, um, you know, after a year or two, uh, you know, I started thinking, you know, Trent, we've, you know, what's next? we got to do something to one, uh, try to continue to get people to want to come back out to the Eastern shore and run our race. Because, I mean, let's face it, we don't have a lot of geographic diversity on the Eastern shore. It's pretty flat. We don't have any mountains or hills or anything like that. So, um, you know, the concept was let's offer maybe another distance um, like a lot of races do. um, That would be a little bit more challenging to try to get folks, uh, you know, an alternate option to, uh, to run something that, you know, might keep folks engaged and interested in, you know, our, our crew and our trail running scene. But, uh, you know, like Craig said before, you know, we're pretty passionate about what we do. Um, and, you know, when you put on an event, uh, you don't realize it's kind of like a slippery slope. But, you know, you might just say, oh, you know, sure, I'll, I'll put this event on. Or, you know, I'll do this and I'll do that. And you might think to yourself, I don't have any time. I'm just going to do the bare minimum just to get this thing off the ground. But, you know, as you put more time into it and as you start to become more attached to that event, you start to actually care then next thing you know, you're doing everything in your power to to want to make it better, um, just because it, like he said, it's it come, becomes a reflection of you and your personality. So, um, you know, I didn't want to just repeat the same fifty k course twice and offer these folks, you know, an alternate distance that was just a you know a, a real sort of a vanilla uh, you know hundred k course that um, you know you did another extra out and back or you did another loop. So. You know, I said, what can we do? You know, we always brainstorm uh, when we're driving or when we're, you know, at home and uh, doing whatever. We're always coming up with ideas. And he said, well, you know, what if we just what if we did something like completely different, maybe like the night before? And so we came up with this concept for the Del Delmarva Ultra Challenge, which would be a hundred K race, but it would be kind of broken up into two 50 Ks. And then we would combine the times together. And that's how you would tell, you know, where people fall in the pecking order of you know, first, second, third, fourth, and so on. And so um, uh, the two years in, we came up with this concept and we decided that I would just go out and find a course somewhere, just anywhere, just make up some kind of course. And the goals were, you know, everybody likes trail running. So as little uh, time spent on asphalt as possible. And, um, you know, also trying to find some place that Our local runners don't run or haven't ran before, which is really difficult because we don't have a lot of options around here. So everybody's run everything you can possibly imagine. So usually I would say about a third to half of our duck runners from year to year are local runners. And so to make it a secret and to come up with a 50K trail course that nobody locally has ever ran before, to say the least, is a little difficult. Um, And so... Uh, but this year was our fifth year. So we managed to pull it off five years in a row. We don't tell anybody the location of that first 50 K course that happens the night before the uh, Algonquin 50 K until they go to packet pickup Friday night. And everybody is there with the knowledge that at some point between like eight o'clock at night and eight they're going to get an email or a text message that says you need to come here now. And then, you know, away they go. Um, and, uh, we try to time it out so that there's minimal time possible between the two races so that, you know, they've got amount of time, a cutoff to get done through the the first 50 K course. And then they've got to, you know, if they're running towards the back end and pushing the, the, the cutoff, they've got to jump in your car and get to uh, the start of the Algonquin as fast as possible. Um, and that's part, all part of the experience. Um, and, uh, so, so yeah, this year, um, you know, I guess we won't go into specifics until, you know, if you want to dive into that now where we can do it later but it was probably the most i would say challenging conditions that we've ever had uh in the five short years we've put the race on um, which says something because uh, last
0: year's conditions weren't exactly uh bluebird skies and a uh, nice firm course
3: well last year was okay it was the year before oh, that two years really ago bad. yeah two years was was pretty horrible um but this year we managed to top top it and of course as you know Um, There aren't a lot of ultra marathons that are put on in January and February. It's, they're the worst two most unpredictable weather months you can have. And so, um, you know, the reason we do it is because nobody likes ticks, chiggers, and mosquitoes, and we have a plethora of those. So to run this course, these races, any other time of the year where we live would be, you know, you think people are complaining now. (laughs) It would be Uh, worse.
0: yeah. So for, Mike and uh, Aaron, we're to weave you in uh, before I weave you in. So is it possible, Gabe, that you're in the back of a police car? Like maybe you've just been arrested and you're like, hey, I just need to do this this <sighs> interview quick. Just give me 10 then, minutes. And then, yeah, and then we'll, we can head in.
3: <laughs> no, I'm in the back of our work truck. I'm working out of town at Princeton, New Jersey. I would like to say I'm going for, uh, you know, a, a higher educational degree or some sort but no they wouldn't have me so we're we're just up here uh moving some buildings so yeah I'm, i set up in a hotel room I'm out in the truck so
0: i like that you said moving buildings cuz you're a beast moving of a buildings. man and i i'm just thinking <laughs> of you actually moving buildings not just things between buildings so no, mike yeah mike and aaron so what um for both of you so what what drew you to uh duck in algonquin what was a what's the hook mike you mentioned uh pemberton uh, mm-hmm. and then coming back. Uh, but then duck is the, the next, next thing. Yeah. Aaron, um, let's go with you. Let's go with you, Aaron, only because some reason part of me is like, let's just go ladies first, but that's probably a pretty outdated kind of, um, bad concept to go off of. And and Mike, I should equally value you. Um, even though you happen to be a dude, but let's Aaron, let's go with <laughs> you first.
6: Um, I, so, I mean, if you had told me three years ago that I would have run a true ultra, I would have thought you were crazy. I've done, uh, a fair share of road marathons, um, couple of half Ironman distance triathlons, but my husband, my husband introduced me to uh, to trail running. Um, he he did Algonk, he did his first Algonk three years ago, and then did Duck the last two years. And I never thought he would do it, but he wanted me to experience what he loved doing, and what better place to do it than under the eyes of Trent and Gabe. I know Trent's not, I mean, Gabe's obviously taking care of the ducks, but, um, I wouldn't have done another race that I didn't feel as cared for. Um, and I, so I felt like it was to put myself into a place that was really scary to do. I've never done a trail rest. I've never done a trail run before, uh, up into uh, before training for Algonk. I was road all the way. And so the first day we started training for this race back in November was the first time I ever did a trail run. And so to start trail running and to start ultra distance, like that's a scary thing to do. And to be able to do that is exciting to me, Um, to be able to be 42 years old and do something that's so scary. But I also wanted to put myself in an environment that I felt like I was gonna be okay in And I saw the way that they treated my husband (laughs) and other people that are close to me. And I felt like I was safe to do it. Like I felt like it's vulnerable. It's so vulnerable to do something that you don't know if you can do. Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love doing it. And I love putting myself in situations like that. Um, But it's also a really scary place to be. Um, And I wanted to make sure I was in a space that I felt like, I was cared for. So
7: that's do why. Think, I
0: showed up for do you think for next year um, that well, even before next year, um, Aaron, uh, starting with uh, women's extra small, or maybe that's all you do is just women's extra small. You can create shirts that just say on them, "Trent Swanson is my safe space."
6: <laughs> I love that. How have I not thought about that? I think uh, that's a great idea.
0: Yeah, but I, I will might...
6: do. I will. I will be inclusive, and I will not just do extra smalls.
0: That's good because I couldn't wear it probably was extra. I mean, I could, but it would it would I'd probably get a lot of chafing and it would feel kind of (laughs) awkward and I'd probably get a lot of rubbing here. But if you will create other shirts, I'll take a men's medium in that we can come up with some sort of uh, maybe Gabe can help us with the graphic for the front. And then we can maybe put that that phrase on the back.
6: I I think Gabe can be on the back, too, because I feel like that. To, to throw your partner into a hundred K in a snow bomb year when it was his first hundred K, like that takes a lot of trust in these guys as well. So Gabe is right there with me.
0: All right. It might be funnier if it were just Trent, but maybe if they were both, <laughs> yeah. both dressed as, as Batman yeah, got, and Robin. i
2: Gabe that could work on the back. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, all right. And then Mike, you, you're coming at it with a bit more uh, seasons uh, trail running belt in terms of uh, the gluttonous events that, that you've signed up for. Um, you're a little bit more apt to, um, uh, sign up to take a beating, uh, basically, and just kind of keep going, which makes you kind of a perfect candidate for the duck. Uh, but how about your background and you, you'd mentioned Pemberton, but how'd you wait, find your way into, uh, uh, the Delmarva events and these two?
4: Um, well, like I said, most of my ultra running is out in Texas and California and the Southwest and uh i moved back to maryland in 2019 uh when i got married to my wife and i was kind of on the search for local races i had been looking around for a while Um, i ended up running the catoctin 50k and uh, a buddy of mine from texas actually flew out we ran Virgil crest and i made it 69 miles and that was my first dnf and uh, i kind of got an idea that the races out here on the east coast don't really play around and i like that a lot and then uh as time went on i was like still looking around and i actually was signed up for the grindstone 100 Mm -hmm. and i wasn't i wasn't actually able to make it out to that race and i was looking for something to do so i found the pemberton 24 and ultra sign up and uh i ended up going out there i ran all 24 5ks i had a blast um i was really impressed with the way the event was put on And it was, uh, a lot more challenging than I suspected it to be. You know, you think about running a 5k every hour on the hour. You don't really think about the downtime that you have from the time you finish the 5k to the next 5k. And it ended up kicking my butt. And I was like, well, you know, these races are awesome. I need to see what else they have. So I went and ran, uh, the Tuckahoe 25k, and then I decided I was going to throw my name in the hat for the duck 100k. And that's how I kind of came to this race. And um, it was a good decision. So I was looking for something to do in the beginning of this year to get me set up for a 100 miler uh, for this year, because I, ha- I haven't finished 100 miler since Badwater in 2019. So I figured if I can get through the duck, then that'll set me up for the rest of my year. And duck proved to be uh, brutal, to say the least. <laughs> So it was uh, it was like 15 degrees outside. And, um, you know, the, I was telling Gabe when I was out there at at the, we had to do this one nine mile loop twice. And up until that loop, we, we managed to keep our feet dry. There was all these places where you could avoid getting your feet wet in these swamps. And then you got to do this nine mile loop and you come up to this one section where it's like 500 yards of just ice. And you're trying to, people are like going left, going right, trying to figure out how to, you know, climb trees and pop over bushes to not get their feet wet. And then all of a sudden, all these people come back and they just say, we have no choice. So you just bust your foot through the ice and you're, you're walking through, you know, 500 yards of uh, shin deep water. And then you got to run a mile before your feet are warm again. And uh, I don't, somebody said the wind chill was like, negative five or something like that. It was
3: down there. It was, it was tough.
4: It was freezing out. And the only way that you could possibly get through the race was to keep running. Because if you stopped to to walk, you would just get, you'd get too cold.
3: What did I say in the race brief? What's that? What did I say Uh, in the race brief?
4: Let me, let me tell you about the race brief. I missed it. (laughs) I missed the race brief. I walked in at the end and I had to ask the guy next to me, what'd he say? (laughs) Oh, I knew. Was, only, I started the review, said the race before, I said, the
0: only way
3: done. to, I told him, I said, the only way, only I'm going to tell you guys is that the only way to stay warm is to run. If you walk, you're going to be cold. That's all I could tell you. Yeah.
4: <laughs> he wasn't lying. That's for sure. So it was, <laughs> it was, it was brutally cold.
0: All right. So we got a shirt for, for Trent for next year uh, that Aaron's going to see if she can make happen for me because I want one that says that. And then uh, maybe Mike for, for Gabe for the, the duck 100K, maybe you can just be like, duck 100k and then on the back you can just put like because bad water is for sissies
4: exactly that's actually the coldest race i've ever ran so i was pretty proud of that
0: (laughs) well good job on extremes with one of the hottest races out there followed by also then one of the coldest ones actually the worst what was worse than bad
4: water in my opinion was a race called habanero 100 in texas and uh the day that i ran it was 106 out and it was like 86 percent humidity and it's 6 mile loops in the sand. The whole course is almost sand. And that was that was definitely probably the worst conditions in the heat, but Duck definitely holds it down with uh extreme cold, feet being wet and you know, it was it was miserable.
2: And, and Mike Hey, Mike, why don't you tell Ian what your dad was doing the whole time you were on Algonquin course?
4: Oh, uh, yeah. So <laughs> it was pretty neat because my dad owns a restaurant in Pocomoke called Market Street Deli, oh. and uh, we actually hooked it up this year that my dad did the food at the finish line, and uh, it was really exciting because I think I have ran uh, 20-some ultras now, and and this was the first finish my dad got to be at, so that, that meant a lot to me. And uh, he was at the finish line, and he fed over 300 people, and – uh, you know, he fed the volunteers, just anybody that walked up and wanted a sandwich or something hot, he, he fed them. And uh, we did a basically a Thanksgiving dinner sandwich on a brioche bun. So you had your bun, you had turkey stuffing, cranberry sauce, gravy. Uh, we had Maryland crab soup. I mean, it yes. was he did it up. He did a
2: great job. Ladyhawk, you got some of that food, right?
6: I did get some of that food. I got, yeah, some, of that food. All, I got
2: some of that beer. Yeah, they all serve <laughs> that kind of food. They don't serve that kind of food up in New York, I'm sure.
0: Maybe not with the Thanksgiving dinner. I'm working that scene. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
2: it, was, it was amazing. Someone brought me a sandwich in the middle of the race. Oh. And they're like, Trent, I'm sure you haven't eaten. And I hadn't since stopping at Midshore to get that breakfast sandwich. Mm-hmm. Anyway, one of our aid stations. But uh, someone <laughs> brought me a sandwich. And they're like, I know you don't want gravy because you can't have gravy all down your shirt. Yeah. You know, but it was amazing thanks, Mike. Yeah, it was awesome.
0: Super cool. And uh, I imagine a pretty just cool experience then for your dad to, to be in that mix as well and to be a part of the community and plug it in.
4: Oh, he was he was actually like I said, he'd never been to a race. So he didn't know what to expect. And when after everything was said and done, we were talking on the phone the next day and he's like, I can't believe how many people were there. I can't believe how many people were running. Everybody was so friendly. Everybody came up and thanked me. And you know it was it was really cool to actually have him at an event at an event and get to see what I get to see you know because it's uh it's 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 really a team sport you know and it's not just the runners it's not just the crews but it's the people who are putting on the race it's the volunteers it's it's just you know the community is is what it's all about and uh for my dad to be able to see that you know he
0: loves it he's already asking about what he can cook for next year so uh-huh. <laughs> That's awesome score for for everybody involved there. Yeah, Aaron. So with it being your first, and with there being maybe some trepidation or concern, or uh, maybe you were feeling again pretty safe about going in and, and feeling there'd be a lot of care uh, on the course and looking out for you. I mean, how'd it go? With just I mean, what you had expected for your first ultra, and just the effort and 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 the finish and the the emotion there.
6: Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it was it it, it exceeded my expectations. Um, you know, it took me a little bit of time to get settled in. Um, wasn't expecting the roots and whatnot for the first couple miles. Uh, took a couple couple falls, um, which I wasn't expecting to happen and was uh, a little surprising on a non-technical course, but took a good couple uh, real big diggers. Um, but came back, had some nutrition issues um, that I wasn't expecting between about mile one and nine, but I was I was excited that I was able to adapt to it, which um, isn't always something that's required in a road race. And I've learned in my short amount of time trail racing that that's something really important to know how to do. Um, And I ran with friends. Um, I ran with a friend that I have trained for a couple races with, and we finished holding hands, which meant the world to me um, because we've trained a bunch together, but haven't finished a race together for various reasons. Um, we had other friends that were with us along the way and of course meeting people along the way. Um, it was just fun. Like it was fun to be out there. It was fun to talk to people. Uh, the aid stations were great. Um, I didn't go dark. I didn't go to the, what is, what does Courtney call it? I didn't go to the, the, what does she call it? Come on, Gabe.
3: you said pain it in cave? I don't know.
6: Like, I, didn't, I didn't go there. So like, maybe didn't I didn't leave it all out there. Maybe I got more left in me, but I didn't go there. I didn't go to the pain cave, which made me um, happy because I, my goal, and I um, actually hired Trent's coach back in December to train me because I um, I have a pretty demanding job. I have two small kids and I have a husband training for a hundred miler or 200 milers. And so to be able to squeeze training in was going to be hard. Um, so I, I hired uh, I hired Trent's coach in, in December. And I, I told her that my goal was to finish smiling. I wanted it to be a fun experience because I wanted to want to go back to it. Um, I didn't want it to be miserable. Um, I wanted to enjoy it and I wanted to maybe have something left in the tank, to try for something a little faster in the future.
0: And then are you left with that feel like maybe something faster or something longer, would you be more apt to Oof. be like, I want to come back and go faster or I want to come back and Hey, maybe let's just try the duck. Well, I, they, I, I, they I, take I, me. I gotta
6: be honest. My, you know, last yesterday jay laughed a little bit when i told him that maybe i should do duck and i was like wait you just laughed at me like does that mean you don't think i can that's do that's all
3: the motivation you need right there that's all you need <laughs> it really is that's enough motivation to go conquer it.
6: there is nothing more i need than somebody telling me i can't do something in my life but no jay's my biggest cheerleader on any of it i think he would just be jealous he wasn't doing it um I'm not sure that duck's in my future because as I told my, my seven and a half year old when we, she was over here in this conversation, I like sleep a lot. Um, I don't do too well without sleep. Um, I, I like the 50K distance. Um, I don't think that, I don't, I don't know, who knows if I'll ever go ahead of it. Uh, maybe maybe JFK if I were ever to do a 50 miler, but um, I'd like to see if I could go a little faster. I've got, I'm, I'm not going to you know touch Maria Miller, but it's fun to see what I can do with my own my own personal goals
2: and yeah.
3: every, 50K, yeah. every 50k race is different and there's so many good ones too so you know your time you know at the algonquin or versus your time at heiner or patapsco or whatever every race has got its own you know its own uh, sort of uh you know footprint there and 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 uh, elevation profile that you know like you said if you want to be competitive with yourself i mean you just find those races that you love and then you can hit that rotation and i mean there's yeah, it's just it's great
2: yeah, I was going to mention too. Uh, her coach, Rachel Clinton, with Pinnacle Endurance, she's she's amazing. So anywhere you want to go, she can take you. And, yeah, you know the two of you. She does a great job coaching, and and of course, she's not local to you. She lives up in Pennsylvania. Right. Um, so right. if anyone's looking for a really good coach, she did a great job with me, and an even better job with you. So
6: yeah, she she stepped in. I think that you know she wasn't. I'm not sure what she thought when I texted her uh, eight weeks before this race and. Practically begged her to coach me, but mm-hmm. she, I think she trusted coming off of my tri season that I was going to be okay, and um, she made my life a heck of a lot easier to take the thinking out of my training. And I had never had a coach before, so that was a fun experience going into it. I felt I felt more prepared than I I, I could have been, and I I equalized my my training by incorporating different things into it. Um, you know, keeping my swimming up and doing mobility and yoga and strength and abs, which I'm terrible at doing all of those things. I just like walking out the door and running.
0: And so I imagine Rachel had a different um, challenge with with each of you or not even, I don't know if challenges, that's probably not the word, right word, but the, um, I don't know, different adventure with each of you, Aaron, you coming on and switching your focus to uh, tackling a trail 50 K and the tweaks that it would take to get there. And then for, I mean, that would be probably different from Trent, who probably more than anything just requires a life coach rather than just like a, a training coach.
2: <laughs> I was actually she helped me train for a backyard event, a backyard oh, nice. ultra, and did a did a great job. Um, but I probably needed more of a life coach as well. Um, but I have Gabe as my yeah. life coach. So.
0: And then, what do you guys have uh, coming up, uh, Gabe? This is. You just uh, have a hand in directing the duck, right? or do do you do others as well in terms of on the art? Yeah, side?
3: well, you know we're we're kind of a, we're like a motley crew on the shore here. Like the Algonquin Ultras gang is just a crew of people that um, all really enjoy putting on events. So I mean, Mike, you know, I was there at pemberton twenty four along with oh a whole handful of other people. So Trent is the, you know, he's the the trail guru on the shore. And then there's just a bunch of, uh, I don't know, disciples, maybe you want to call us or whatever, just people that, you know, there's a whole group, a core group of people, um, you know, that, you know, I don't even know if we could name them, but, you know, Matt, Matt B, Nate Hanley, uh, John, Dave, Rodinas, Chuck, there's uh, a whole host of people that will just show up at a moment's notice that, yeah, to fill whatever gaps are needed at all these races. So, um, yeah, I mean, I will help in one way or another, uh, you know, at, just about all the events that trent does but you know in some places i do more and other and other events I, I do very little um but trent's got a we've got a great community of people that come together so um you know i don't have a whole lot on my plate this uh this year uh as far as races are concerned i know that uh aaron's husband jay is is running a 100 miler that i in may and i would like to reciprocate i think it's Massanutten.
6: yeah mmt it,
3: Yep. So, I'm. I would like to, he asked me if I would pace him for that. And I'm going to, I really want to try to do that. He came out, uh, he surprised myself and a friend of mine, Matt, um, who, uh, he was running his first hundred mile race back last, this past summer at old dominion. And, uh, it was really, really great of him to come out. And uh, he was really instrumental in helping my buddy, Matt, get across the finish line and get that sub 24 buckle at old dominion. That's so coveted. Um, so, you know, it's really, you know, like, like Mike says, you know, the community is really great. And, um, so, uh, so yeah, it's nice to, to do whatever I can to try to, you know, foster that. And so I'm, will be in the mass Nut mountains here, hopefully in May for a weekend. So,
0: so as one of your selling points for people to choose you to crew or to pace and Nate did, uh, uh, clarify for me there in a comment prior that I was going to wait to go back to it. So I guess I didn't get the gist of your your moving company earlier. So your company actually you you move buildings, literal buildings.
3: Yeah, well, that wasn't a joke.
0: That's all. Awesome. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah we're moving. Uh, we're moving a, a thousand ton, uh, like hundred twenty foot long, three story masonry uh, historic brick building in Princeton University across the street, and put, rotating and putting it over a basement. So not going to be here
0: all Wow, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty awesome. That's what we do yeah
3: well and then we do this other stuff on the weekends right we all have jobs
2: no i'm gonna be right here
0: so with you being then as uh, big and superhero brawny as, as you are then i imagine for pacing duties that it has to be a selling point that there's always the possibility in the later miles once the re- wheels kind of really fall off that maybe you can just kind of put jay on your shoulders and just kind of maybe just carry him for like Fifteen miles until he. Gets yeah, he's a little back. guy.
3: I could probably fashion something up, or you know, find some branches and lash him to my back, or something like that. We could work on something. But I'm also really good at digging holes too. So, you know, hey, <laughs> watch it. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. Um, and then, um, Mike or Mike, what do you got uh, on deck? What are you most looking forward to this year? Otherwise,
4: um, I've got the First State 50K in Wilmington coming up in May. Um, and then since I finished the Duck 100K, my wife's taking me to Disney World in June, so we're excited about that, and then uh, Eastern States 100. Would you and- not have gotten to go if you Yeah, I was going to ask
3: Duck? that, but I left it alone. <laughs>
7: <laughs>
4: now, we're actually, my, my, wife, <laughs> my wife graduates nursing school in May, so we're going down to June to celebrate, so we're pretty excited about that. She's been in school for two years, so uh it's going to be nice to be through that and disney is one of our favorite places so um we're going to go celebrate in disney world and then in august i'm going for eastern states 100. nice cool
3: awesome
0: uh and aaron i know you got a trip coming up uh here what this week but what are you uh any events otherwise that you're looking forward to most Uh here? i
6: mean i'm gonna support jay at umstead and then into mmt and then i i got my eyes on another 70.3 probably in the fall. And then we'll see if the Hawks can both do Algonk next year, maybe freight train before that. Um, but I don't know that I, I don't know that Jay uh, wants to give up two years in a row of Algonk or duck. So I think we might try to both do it. It's going to depend on how the spring goes with these hundreds, but I'd like to be back
0: and will you have any opportunities for any trail running in uh Tanzania or Kenya or wherever you're headed? Uh,
6: you know, I've thought about that. Um you know, culturally it's a little bit different to get out there. Um and I'd like to get some in in Tanzania. I think I'll bring my my shoes with me. I'm going to be in Nairobi um and Kibera slums for uh in Kenya, so that's probably unlikely uh for that portion of it, but hoping for for that and then I'm actually heading to I'm heading to Argentina in the fall, so hopefully if I can get Jay to come with me, we'll be able to get some in there too.
0: <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. And do you think you just do some on your own or do you look for an event down there?
6: Oh, probably on my own. I mean, yeah. I don't have any. I, I mean, I, li- I like the flatliners.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Um, I, hear, I hear Argentina's all flat. I'm sure that'll go. Oh, yeah, that'll I think it fine. is. I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's near the coast too, I think. So it's it's, it's probably pretty much I don't the same
6: as and And that's my destination. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. And Trent, what are you most looking forward to? You are you participating in any of this year? you signed up for anything?
2: Yeah, I'm signed up for, in about a month, the Blades, 10-Miler. It's pretty much across the Pocomoke River. Um, or the Greenbackville Running Club, which are kind of like the cousins of Algonquinites, They're, uh, they put on an event down there, 10-Miler and 20-Miler. So Colette and uh, Zach and Brian, who usually run either the Algonquin or the Duck, um, or volunteer, they put that race on, so I'm excited to run that. And then I'm running Heiner 25K in April to uh, okay. celebrate my birthday or make my birthday more painful. But I think I'm going to set up uh, the Algonquin uh, opening registration the night before, just so I don't have oh, to worry about suffering. Yeah, so yeah. the 21st of April, there it is. There we go. And then, uh, and then in um, of course, in the fall, we've got the Tuckahoe 25K that I put on with the crushers. Um, but before that, I'm actually going out with uh, a guy that finished the duck, JT, and he's doing the uh, Bigfoot 200 miler. Mm, nice. And I think i go out for a few days and, and crew him and, uh, and maybe pace him once he deteriorates enough that my <laughs> slow... Slowness is worth being a part of so once they, their feet go and their legs go and their heart goes and their mind go that's when I can take over
0: and then you um, should probably just you just try to drop them at that point
2: I just tell them stories oh. and then they just feel like I need to finish if not I have to hear Trent's stories forever <laughs> so I've uh I finished off uh, about three different hundred milers for guys and it's pretty much they just want to finish so they don't have to hear me talking Nate and Brian and Jordan they're just like I just never shut up. Just like right now.
0: So you you and Gabe basically bring different strength sets to the uh to the <laughs> equation of what you're offering.
2: It's probably the same. We both won't stop talking. So we <laughs> just want to finish the events and go home. No, um, we're we're lucky to get people from all over the place. Like the, you know, the Hawks and and you know we get, we have people from California, from Colorado, from Texas. You know we get people that come back and join us. So it, it is every year. It's like seeing a bunch of friends and family and then literal family. Cause I've got two brothers that come out um, pretty much every year to help us put on the event too. So um, the only that's thing hard. we miss is we've never had Ian come down. Gabe, have you ever you seen Ian down here?
3: No,
1: I don't know. No, I, I was, seen him I was just no. saying,
2: man,
0: that's some seriously yeah. solid and effective, False advertising That's that you're it. doing to get somebody to come out from Colorado to head out to the Del Marva for a trail race, like man, <laughs> you are. So, I got I got some land to sell you in the Del Marva if you want. Here, here's here's
2: this is like multi. They've come out multiple times from Colorado. Yeah. Listen, I mean, I'll go Petruva. out
3: to run, you know, hashtag Katya Petrova. Yeah, no, hashtag
6: Desi for Duck. Desi for Duck. <laughs> Desiree Linden's <laughs> getting into trail racing Look. more. Let's get her a duck.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, we've got, like, a really good ultra runner that comes out every year. She was injured this year um, so from Colorado. Cool. She's amazing. So, yeah, Katerina. So, good stuff. Right on.
0: Well, all, um, Aaron. congrats on your first ultra Thank you. finish. Thank um, you. Mike, uh, congrats on another uh, round and uh, the duck, and, and good luck in your year ahead. There and it is. Yeah, look at that! Can you can you just set that off the back porch and just kind of like duck hunt with it and just kind of like <laughs> blow holes in it? I guess I wouldn't want to do that. though. this thing's awesome. Look yeah. at it.
3: Yeah, well, so Ian, you know, I have all the ones that the folks that don't finish. I have all these you know these little duck trophies uh, that are left over that I don't get to hand out. And um, so uh, so we put them around my house in my living room. I had this like little ledge, and there's just all of these duck. Finisher trophies that I don't get to give out, and I don't know, Mike. I mean, did you see them?
4: I didn't see them. No, <laughs>
3: they're everywhere. They're, I mean, there's probably thirty-five of them in my house, in my living room. Oh, that's
4: so, awesome. Uh, so anyway,
0: you should
3: I've go got too many now. I need to start burning them or something because I'm just, yeah, we're just there's just so
2: many. You could try it. smashing.
0: Yeah, you could try smashing, or just stuff sm- hunting. You could try Trent, just having to- Trunk come over with a BB gun and put them out in the. The weed somewhere or trying to hide them. And then when he sees him, he just gets to, to try to shoot it. All right. In any case, um, so, um, Aaron, I will look for the t-shirt soon. Uh, Mike, you can consider the, uh, uh, the t-shirt for the duck and maybe, um, we should try to sell some of those as well. And I am thankful for all you guys taking time out, especially, um, where life is so crazy, um, uh, for so many people these days, including you guys just hanging out in your car. Cause like this, I'm, this is, I appreciate it. Um, so thank you.
2: Oh, always a pleasure. Thanks, Ian. We appreciate yeah, on. Thank thanks you. for promoting our races.
0: Absolutely. All right. I'll talk to you all more later.
2: Bye, y'all. Yeah. Right. Bye. Bye-bye. All
0: right. We are going to transition back up into Pennsylvania with another uh, classic uh, crew here. Um, Luke, thanks for being on there. Aaron, yes, thanks for, for being on. And Stephanie, I will bring you into the stream and think you're on as well. We we'll can see if you can get your camera wow. rolling.
5: What's with my camera? Um
0: wait, let me see. At least we got your audio, but you can <laughs> there might be something down there that says uh, activate it, but at least we got your audio and you sound pretty clear even if <laughs> you don't get the camera figured out. Um uh thank you uh to all of you guys for uh being on here uh tonight. Ah, uh, Aaron, thanks for for. Actually, Aaron, I think you were just kind of the early versions, right? Where you you sent over a couple clips, but have you been on one of the live ones yet? Times a blur. No. Yeah, right yeah, on. Well, thanks on for the being... early
8: ones. Yeah.
0: Right on. Well, thanks for being back on in live version, and so we are transitioning back up to at least uh, the event in context uh, uh, being in PA. Uh, we're gonna focus in on the frozen snot. So, uh, Luke uh, Luke Ebeling coming in to us from uh, Belafonte, PA. Is that where your your base,
7: Luke? Belafonte, Yep. Mm-hmm. Belafonte. Center County.
0: Um, can I pronounce it Belafonte? Because you it makes you it pronounce it however you it, want, Ian. It makes it sound maybe like more French, or maybe wasn't it, it was who's the singer? Harry Belafonte or something like that. I don't think I don't think his name was I don't think it was Harry Belafonte. I think I, I, it was Belafonte. I, Belafonte,
7: Yep. You got it.
0: Yeah, that's outstanding. Um, so then when I you come down there, people can just kind of look at me ridiculously. Um, that's that's better,
7: than me, better than being known as State College's little brother. So we're, we're, I'm okay with that.
0: That's good. All right. Um, and so, in addition to racing classics such as Heiner, Call of the Wilds, Mega transect and World's End Fall Classic, uh, Luke is at the helm of the Frozen Snot, an event which tops the chart of my rankings of the toughest trail uh, races in the Northeast uh, per distance. Uh, if anybody haven't checked that out, you can check it out on the trails collective. I think it's under feature articles and toughest trail races. If you just want to pick some races from a pretty cool lineup of events, um, Aaron is coming to us from Morgantown, West Virginia. Um, I don't know if I can pronounce that differently to, to make it me sound more, more ignorant. Um, I grew up outside of Morgantown PA. So uh, I feel an affinity, uh, there for you. Uh, in 2022, his finishers in, finishes included Heiner, World's End, Ironstone, Eastern States, and Black Forest. Um, a bit of a glutton for punishment and pretty good at absorbing uh, said uh, punishment. And um, let me see, Stephanie, let me weave you back in here. Sorry, as you're trying to figure it out. Um, and uh, it seems like the rougher the better, uh, a true glutton. Uh, I know Ironstone uh, put uh, you all through the the paces in terms of that format and the kick and rocks um, for uh, to no end. Um, But uh, yeah, so clearly a glutton. And so frozen snot is just um, well, we'll get into frozen snot here in a second. And then Stephanie, um, if you're able to uh, log back in there, Stephanie, you can try to. Uh, log back out of StreamYard, Stephanie, and then maybe log back in. And if you're not using Google Chrome, try to use Google Chrome. Assuming maybe you can still hear the uh, hear me talking at the moment. And I'll weave you. Oh, you're maybe back in. Yeah. As long as you can okay. still hear us. Cool. Yeah, we got your audio at least. Uh, maybe okay. some echo. All right. Here, uh, maybe some echo in there. But the um, coming to us from Johnstown, PA, um, often at or near the top, including Laurel Highlands and Rock in the Knob. It was a pretty beautiful photo uh, that we picked off uh, for you for uh, rocking the Knob. Um, I know that's a pretty cool course as well. Uh, and prior Frozen Snot finishes toward the top. I think you were sixth, maybe like a year or two ago, I think at Frozen Snot.
5: Last year, not this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and but you had to she- hang out with my
7: daughter for a long period of time. so you
5: know. I, I did, and she was wonderful. She was wonderful. <laughs>
7: And it'll be cool to hear a bit
0: about that. So I know this year didn't go as you'd hoped. And I think I saw, I think I caught your post on maybe the idiot runner page, or maybe it's just your own personal page. I can't remember. Uh, But just relaying uh, the sentiment on, I think a testament to some of the conditions that frozen snot uh, bestows or kind of offers. And then also the community around it, which is a pretty sweet uh, trail running community that comes through when you, you kind of need it most. Um, So, uh, Luke, uh, for you, you had run a few frozen snots before taking over as RD, right? You had a couple under your belt.
7: Yeah, correct. I think I, I think I ran three. Um, so Jeff Stover, who is the mastermind of the the original course, um, I'm not a summer guy. The summer does not like me. I do not like the summer. So I've always been much more into these these winter type events. Um, jeff had done the first rose and i went out i i I, well, I didn't run it i uh i hyped most of it but i uh, really enjoyed myself introduced myself afterwards uh the following year i just randomly sent him a facebook message saying hey do you need any help um he said sure come on out and so uh, that was kind of my my starting point um the fourth year i believe he was having a grandchild was going to go every other year asked if i wanted to step in as rd um it was going to be a one and done i jumped in uh, at the end of the year, he asked me if I wanted to stay on. Every year it's been every, every year since then has been, you know, another one and done. And, you know, seven years later, uh, this, was, this was my seventh snot this past. Seventh snot is RD this past year, so our, our, our 11th year. And so for you coming at it, I mean, now you've got a
0: couple different lenses. If you can remember back that far at this point, what drew you uh, first uh, toward the uh, frozen snot and then further to have Enough of an affinity. I mean, maybe it was just that casual, where you're like, "Yeah, do you need some help?" And you're just out there, and suddenly, whoa! Like somehow I slid into, you know, on the hook for RDing here. But there's got to be some sort of affinity and connection to the race to want to then put your time, emotion, and kind of soul into it as well.
7: Sure. Um, so, you know, Heiner, the Heiner Challenge, Craig was on earlier. Heiner was was my very first race and has been my favorite up until the, the first snot and, and really the snot, again, the weather is, is much more my jam. Um, again, I, I, I'm not, like Craig said earlier, he, he, when he started, he didn't like to run. The, I don't particularly like to run. I run more out of necessity. So climbing those crazy hills and coming down those crazy descents um, just really were, just fit much better into what I enjoy doing. Um, and so that's really, again, kind of what started it. And then, you know, I've always been really big into helping with trail work and, you know, trying you know, pacing people or crewing people. Um, you know, I captain probably, I don't know, anywhere from eight to 12 aid stations a year, including like all night ones like at Eastern States. So I really enjoy that piece of it as well. Um, and this just gives me a way to, to, to you know, uh, stay in touch with the scene. Cause like Craig mentioned earlier, our, our scene here in central PA is just phenomenal. Um, and then, you know, once I started working with, with Jeff, um, you know, cutting in some new trails, cause the, the, the course up until that fourth year really changed those first three years. Um, you know, originally we went up the first year we went, we went up Mount Logan direct instead of coming down at, which in some ways is probably easier. Uh, he added the beast the second year. Um, we added Barb's the third year, we added the, uh, Barb's approach the fourth year, and then have kept it pretty much the same up until last year when we lost that bridge and had to, had to reroute uh, thankfully, um, some some trail carpenters had uh, had had fixed that, so we were able to go back to to the original course. Well, the original course since the fourth year this past year. So,
0: so that's quite the the evolution, and cool that you've I don't know uh, been there in in various facets to to mm-hmm. see that evolution uh, mm-hmm. through and kind of a shifting shifting landscape. And I imagine kind of what runners are embracing or what the trail conditions are doing or whatever. I mean, that's cool to have the to be there through the evolution of the the space and the event. Absolutely. And for you, uh, Aaron, um, how far is it from Morgantown to that kind of central PA area? Uh, About four hours. Yep. So you're, I mean, still a bit of a haul, uh, but I mean, four hours, I guess, isn't too bad. You got plenty of hills around you or no dearth of hills in uh, Morgantown uh, area and still running community uh, down there. Uh, But I know that you've been either at the volunteer end or participating in a lot of the Central PA races and mountain stuff. And so you must kind of have found something in that uh, Central PA kind of trail community or at least embrace the events they're putting on on enough to kind of be full on in, at least in 2022.
8: It's both. You know, I mean, what you guys were talking about earlier on about, you know, the community, it's enough that, you know, I travel and I got friends that I've met and uh so forth, you know, that I come back to see and I love racing there. Um the first time I came up was the Rock the Knob, Rocking the Knob, one of Ben's races and uh after that I fell in love with it. And I mean we I got events here I go to also so I I I race in both states and uh but I uh, I do love coming up. And, uh, just something, uh, quick about Craig. I, I remember the first time I met him, I was doing like, uh, a fat ass, uh, event on the Mid-State Trail and he was, at, and it went through his little town and, uh, he was mowing the grass and, uh, he stopped mowing the grass and ran out and, uh, talked to me for about five minutes in the road, you know, as, uh, before I was like, oh, I gotta go, you know what I mean? So, uh. That was my first impression in meeting him, and just uh, other day at Frozen Snot, he he made sure I was coming up to Heiner. Heiner's awesome too, but yeah, back to back to this one. But yeah, I'm definitely coming to that one too. So I, I like to come up a couple times a year, you know.
0: Was this your first Frozen Snot?
8: It was my third. Third, okay. <laughs> I missed last year. I I got on wait list last year, but I didn't get pulled. I didn't it didn't didn't yep. get to me.
0: And then Stephanie for you, um, uh, also have quite a bit of experience in the, in the area and it was kind of mid distance races, right around the distance of like frozen snot. That's kind of where you you've honed in.
5: Um, uh, I've ventured into a little bit longer this past year. Um, 50 maller.
0: Uh-huh. trying
5: for a hundred maller, still working on it.
0: <laughs> Is it something that you've tried and, uh, just weren't able to complete or it's like, I'm just waiting until I feel like I'm fit enough to get in the mix.
5: Um, This the end of this year was a, a a little bit of a health journey that I wasn't ready for, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's what that's what uh, hurt me at the snot December and January I, I suffered COVID, had a, a rib injury from a fall in Laurel Highlands. I went into Beast of the East in North Carolina in the hundred miler, and I had spoke to the RD beforehand, and he let me drop to the fifty miler because of the rib injury. Um, That was I think that was a soul crusher, and I think that's what I'm still dealing with. Um, I'm supposed to run rabid raccoon in March and do a hundred miler. But unfortunately yesterday I got the stomach flu and I'm still suffering from that today. So it's been, I'm not liking 2023 at all Uh so far. Um, Uh But what happened, what happened at um, frozen snot? I wasn't expecting. Uh, We've run, we've run negative temperatures here. We've run, um, you know, in feet of snow. I've been I've been trained in it. I've I've dressed for it. I wasn't expecting that whatsoever. I don't know if it was a if it was a result of COVID, still suffering from some lingering effects of that. But I climbed the first hill and I warmed up a little bit. But when I got to the goat path, it was I couldn't stop shaking. I was shivering and I've never had so many people say to me, I'm not trying to fill you up. They were just putting hand warmers <laughs> under me and and everywhere. And so it was, yeah. Not expected.
0: <laughs> so, Luke, maybe set the stage uh, for uh, Frozen Snot. What makes it, I guess, uh, maybe it's just uh, obvious in terms of uh, the name, the date, the uh, known you're in the PA Mountains, but set the stage. Or <clears throat> for those who aren't already familiar with Frozen Snot, tell us a little bit about Frozen Snot, what it's all about.
7: Um, the Frozen Snot, we, we offer an eight miler, eight and a half miler, and about a 13 and a half miler, um, kind of packed into that. Um, the so for the full event we're just under six thousand feet of gain fifty eight hundred somewhere in that area depending on whose GPS you're looking at um, the fir- the eight miler there's about between forty five and forty seven depending on who again is reporting it but I mean keeping in mind and I think I saw uh, posted Aaron made the other day keep it in mind that that even that the first mile and a half in mile and a half out is is basically on on uh, the the road that goes back to Zindel Park so really that's all packed into either ten miles or five miles depending on on what you want to do. So there's a lot of elevation gain, uh, a lot of uh, elevation loss, a lot of straight up hills and straight downhills. You know, we've really, because we've had some pretty gnarly injuries, you know, we we offer the ability to drop down from, sign up for the half and I, I, if I had a dollar for every time somebody said to me, it's only a half marathon, um, and and then, you know, drop down to the the eight miler, I I could probably retire, but uh, it's, it's, I don't know, just not your normal half marathon. Crazy weather, you never know. I think when Aaron was there two years ago, we had like eight to twelve inches of snow, depending on where you were at. Um, this uh, the year after that, so last year it was you, you had like all four seasons on the course. It was a little warmer, but there was snow, there was ice, there was water, there was wind, there was mud. It was pretty crazy. And Zach Miller and uh, and Lipsy had had both coming off of injuries, but like just had a had a tremendous back and forth to the finish line for the for the for that event. Um, and this year we had almost no snow, but it was, I think, eight degrees to start, uh, wind chill below zero. Like it was pretty crazy. So you just never know what the weather is going to be. Um, now certainly, you know, we tend to have it between the third weekend of, of September, I'm sorry, January through about the third weekend of February, just depending. And that just obviously depends on my team's schedule and when they're available. But, um, it's kind of crazy because it seems, seems to be the further we kind of push away, the better luck we've had with weather, um, at least the past few years, you know, if you look at it this past year on Friday, it was, um, you know, wind chills of negative 20, negative 30. Like it was crazy. Like, I'm really glad it didn't happen that day. Cause it probably would have been a lot worse for the runners. Um, Saturday, again, still pretty big wind chill, um, started out very cold. And then on Sunday it was 50 degrees. So, you know, we, we kind of got sandwiched in, it kind of worked out really well, at least as far as safety and kind of keeping the name where it needs to be. So. And um, you again. mentioned
0: oh, good. No, you're okay. You're yeah and so it, you kind of uh, commented on some of that and people can glean it just from the uh the sheer elevation gain and loss and as you mentioned in one of aaron's posts at least when you're climbing up through the uh opening boulder field i think is one of the images that i think you uh, mm-hmm. posted there um the conditions can uh, dramatically uh impact i think safety i don't remember it might have been i maybe caught an old facebook thread i think i was looking for a current one but caught an old one and it was I think it's back and forth about a mandate of carrying maybe certain gear or like you were mandating having, uh, uh, some sort of foot traction, traction, some sort of foot traction on there. And some people were, were kicking back to that. And you're like, yo, like it's, there's a legit kind of safety risk and you may be from around here, but look, I'm kind of putting on an event here and it, it can be bad and we're going to have to rescue or, I mean, this is one of those courses where there's some kind of legit considerations. Mm -hmm.
7: And we've had some some pretty gnarly injuries. We've had you know broken bones, which again happens at at most races. Um, We had unfortunately had a gentleman pass away the year before I took over as RD. I actually ran with him for for a while. He ended up having a heart attack, which again is not necessarily you know weather related. But um, and then I think my second year second year as RD, there was a, a a woman, tremendously nice a uh, woman who who kind of went on. We still had the option to drop at that point, but she was with friends. She pushed on, she probably shouldn't have. She ended up tripping. There wasn't a ton of snow um, that year. She, she didn't have her spikes on. She ended up falling on the backside of the sluice, which in a straight line is probably the closest to, to like a, a direct line to the start finish, but it's on the backside of the mountain. So it was literally the furthest part to extract her. She broke two wrists, six ribs, her sternum, concussed herself. And had to hike about a half mile to get to where we could extract her so it it's it, it can be pretty crazy and i kind of live by the credo i'd rather have and not need than need and not have and, and as a race director that's kind of what i put out there as well like listen you know i throw in your pack you know, whatever you need to do use you know we're not saying put on crampons or bring crampons but you know, you know micro spikes um uh, nano spikes uh whatever the extra spikes like any of that type of stuff is super, super helpful. Um, we have added, you know, thousands of feet of rope <laughs> since I took over um, on some of those downhills because they're, again, they're pretty, pretty gnarly. Um, so again, you know, and as you guys know, as an RD, like that's my biggest concern is health and safety. Thank goodness I'm going knock on some wood here. We've never had a, a year of straight, like glare ice on those borders, but that, is, that just scares the bejesus out of me. not even going to lie. We've had snow, we've had some ice, but it's usually ice on top of snow, which is, as you guys know, much better than, you know, mm-hmm. ice on top of rocks. So, um hopefully we never have to, you know, go into that, but
0: yeah. Yeah, and that's and some of the steeps out there too, and with the ropes, and it, it was uh cool seeing your post uh of maybe it was one of the volunteers or one of your crew with a thousand feet of rope or whatever mm-hmm. kind of in the back of the car. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. lot that that goes out there. And when I was trying to capture some of that footage in just the the video from uh that I put together like a couple years, like it was tough mm-hmm. to convey, I mean, a better better somebody who's actually a videographer or whatever probably could have gotten it, but I wasn't able to capture just how steep some of those lines are where the, the ropes are to actually convey it in video.
7: I, I think that some of our you know grades go up to like a 40% grade. I mean it's 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 pretty it's pretty intense. Um and again going up that sucks, but coming down it's worse, especially in those conditions. Yeah. Um and then Aaron, how did it uh, go
0: for you? You've had a couple under your belt now and some changing uh, conditions. Were you, uh, anything where you've had to use some of that gear or you felt like, man, this is, this is, this is frozen snot. This is what I signed up for.
8: Um, year one, when I, when I w- went, it, there was just a little bit of ice and uh, I had some junky spikes that I never put on and I had trekking poles and I wish I would have put the spikes on I I fell a couple times and I needed something better. You know, I, I had poles. I did, I did have my spikes, but, um. and then the snow year, there was no way I could have done it without spikes on, you know what I mean? The, the, I mean, it would have been impossible to do the climbs. And, um, But that year was kind of fun on the downhills with, with the ropes. It, it was less, the falling was less consequential. It was just, it was funny. You know what I mean? Instead of, you know, instead of the rocks um i i didn't use any spikes this last year you know Mm -hmm. i i didn't need them but yeah when when it was uh snowy yes um i did pr this year by a couple minutes or something like that anything partly just good conditions are just fast kind of uh it was cold i just knew what to expect and it wasn't snow you know so yeah even not being in the best shape uh yet this year, I've went through a couple of low colds and same thing this winter, so um yeah,
0: and your body has taken some shots too so, I mean maybe different one that Stephanie's experiencing, but in terms of this year or the past few months um, yeah last last year,
8: last racing season was rough uh doing <laughs> the um the blacklist and adding uh iron in there time. and a couple other little things i won't be doing that this summer <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's good you have it under your belt there and then for you stephanie out there it's speaking to just core, course conditions uh, not even necessarily i guess course conditions but just environmental conditions and then your body already fighting uh thing something or, or multiple things um talk about kind of i guess how you felt going in and then where things just kind of fell apart and then kind of How you and and with the aid of uh, the community that was out there kind of worked through that
5: um we had just done a challenge um what was it in january and i did i did a a 50k felt comfortable i was happy because it was the first thing i'd done since we'd gotten over covid i felt good coming into this i thought okay i could do it and if i have to drop i'll drop Um, like i said i felt good going up the first climb i was warm and then i hit the goat path i had um I, I started to shiver a little bit and um, I just couldn't get warm. And fortunately, there was a couple people right around me that one of them I found out later was a doctor who gave me his coat. And these people were giving me stuff. It was, like I said, it was eight, nine degrees. And these people were handing me their hats, their coats, their hand warmers. I already had hand warmers on under two pairs of gloves. I had two pairs of pants on, three three shirts. I was dressed for the elements, but for some reason, I just could not I couldn't get warm enough. And there was a group of runners that just stopped. They started, you know, dressing me, shoving hand warmers up my shirt and said, "Okay, you're done. And they walked me up the top of the goat path, put me down the fire. And that's when the volunteers took over. And I'm an I'm an R.D. of a race. And I've always said the volunteers are who run the race and they were incredible. They sat me down. They put a tarp around me. They found a Mylar blanket. One of the guys was heating his gloves up on the fire. I sat there for two hours and still didn't warm up. But they never stopped trying to get me warm. And I said, I said that they were the people that just they took care of me. They made sure I got out of the woods. Then they handed me off to the group at the finish line, who were another group of amazing people. And his daughter was involved. She kept me entertained. I was I was upset that that's how it ended, but she made me really happy made me a nice little craft I brought home but um, it's, it's not the way I wanted to end that race, but I, le- I I already know this about volunteers. You know they don't have to be out there for five or six hours or ten hours. They do it you know because they want to be. And to see it from a runner's point of view and then to see it from a volunteers point of view and an RD's point of view, they just they, I give all the credit in the world to the RD for having such wonderful volunteers. And, and, and like I said, the runners that helped me up the hill. And like when I found out the one guy was a, a doctor and he told me later, he said, you were slurring your speech. He said, you were done. He said, if you wanted to get up and leave that fire, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to let you. So I, I'm always blown away by the trail community. I crossed over from running on roads about two years ago. And I, and I, I'm going to say this now, cause I'm probably going to get bashed about this later, but I have nothing against running roads and the running, the road running community, but this kind of atmosphere is what drawn me, has drawn me in further into the trail community, and it, like I said, the way that all went down that day just strengthens my, you know, I'm going to keep running trail, and until, like, you know, someone said earlier, until that's how I go, <laughs> or I can't do it anymore, so... That was a, an amazing experience, just the way everything went down. Not the way I ended, but it could be worse. <laughs> how, how old your daughter, Luke?
7: I actually have two daughters. My, my oldest is 15. She was handing out the, the mugs at the finish line with one of her friends. My youngest is, is 10. Um, and I hesitated to bring her because I knew it was pretty cold for her. She spent a lot of the time. So this, this past couple of years, past few years, Restless Oaks, which is a little restaurant in the – in the, in the um, uh, Matt Cotton area has been hosting us. We used to, we started at the reserves at the uh, reserve center there. And once that reserve center shut down, we were kind of up in the air about like what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? And we went from an indoor event, like an indoor start finish, to an outdoor event. And, and so I was really concerned that numbers were going to drop because again, these PA winners, you just never know. Um, so she spent a lot of the time in the in the basement of, the, of Restless Oaks, which is kind of where we, you know, for the week before get things set up make the soup, make the sandwiches, all that sort of jazz and, and get it ready. So, um, you know, Steph was so cold. She, she ended up going there. And and so my, my youngest Harper was there entertaining her and she likes to talk and she likes to be the center of attention. So, um, yeah, I think I, at one point Steph, I think when I was running there for something, I even apologized and you're like, no, no, she's good. She's good. So.
5: She was wonderful. Like I said, she made me something. I still have it. And that's great. Yeah. And I, I have to say, they never left me alone. That was the other thing. Like, they volunteers have so much stuff to do and so much responsibility, and they would never leave me alone. I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Just go do what you need to do. And they're like, No, no, no. We're going to leave someone here till we find, you know, who you're with and and your friends. And and that that was amazing too. So I know what goes on. I know who, what everybody has to do. And so that was amazing. And
1: Thank it was. You
0: it's good. I don't, I, I'd have to look back at the course map. I don't, w- when you're out there and when I was running it, it seemed like some of these areas were fairly, fairly remote. I mean, I guess you're, you're not in 10, 20, 30 miles or whatever, but feeling fairly, fairly remote. And it was uh, great. The, the crews of volunteers that you did have and the number of just fires that were going and the smell of that bacon, as I was going down that whole, very runnable descent, as you're approaching, I don't know how much bacon they use, but it was, <laughs> it, it seemed like a good Pot of uh, great volunteers out there and in, in the setup and the warmth and the care and whatever, all
7: that. Uh, you know, in our volunteers is crazy. We have 80 to 90% return rates. Like, and normally people that don't return is because they have COVID or they're sick or they're already had a vacation planned or whatever. Like, it's crazy to me. And, you know, as a race director, you know, I'm the figurehead. Like that's, that's, and I'm not trying to undersell what I do because I do a lot of work, but I surround myself with a really good team that pick up where I lack. And then in addition to that, we give the volunteers who and Stephanie had said this earlier, you know, you can be the best RD in the world. And if you don't have volunteers, you don't have a race. And, you know, these folks are out there and, and we, you know, we, we overstaff the course primarily because again, injuries, issues like th- th- that happened with Stephanie this year. Um, you know, we have, and I'd have to look, I don't have a map in front of me, but um, you know, probably 40 to 60 people on course um, in these conditions, and some of those folks are out there for eight to 12 hours standing there. And you know, running's one thing, running's bad enough, but to stand there for that long, even if you have a fire, like it's pretty, it's pretty brutal. Um, and the fact that they come back year after year and are so positive and are so cheerful, and you know, that's one of the things every year I hear back, you know, great race, but like your volunteers are just so money, and I'm like, and, and they're not wrong, I mean, that's that's you know, all the credit goes to my team and to my, and to those volunteers. It's it's crazy.
0: And for um, you, Aaron, any, uh, I mean, I was just remembering some of the very visual or very visceral. And I just remember the smell of that bacon. I mean, do you have any, uh, any, now that you've done it a a few times, any favorite uh, spots of the course that are just like, man, like that just left an impression. I want to go back and, or I don't know, something,
8: something that sells it for you. Yeah, man, um, I mean, this thing starts, and, I mean, before, even if you're up front in this race, like, what you would call up front, where, you know, your paces, before you can get through the gate, I mean, some of these people blow out of their, like, five minute miles, I mean, down this road, I mean, there are, you know, a quarter mile down the road, you're like, you know, what is going on, you know, um, the the road is the road you know what i mean you need that 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 part of that that road you know
7: Aaron, if i could take it out i would
8: <laughs> nah, no you need you need it you know what, I mean? what 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 would you i mean what would you do you know um and then uh you know you start you start this first climb and like the first time i did it that that's right when you get smacked with like what you're going to be dealing with that day you know and it opens up into one of those boulder fields where, you know, um, the epic pitcher areas, you know, right off the bat. And you're like, oh, man. And uh, you just keep cresting the top of these hills and going back down the other side with uh, with with the ropes. My probably favorite one is probably Mount Logan Direct, going down Mount Logan Direct with the ropes, the steepest one. And uh, I just you got to wear gloves, and you kind of you're gonna learn how to repel f- forward.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and there. So on that, I mean, with your you mentioned learn how to like use gloves. I'm sure mo- maybe that's in a pre race something, but I'm assuming most people wouldn't necessarily uh, project out on that. So for um, it could be Luke or Aaron or Stephanie. I mean, you could weigh in with all of your experiences, but maybe just like that something that people wouldn't necessarily think of or from your kind of wisdoms like here this is this is probably something that you should prep for for corner or for uh for frozen snot and and be prepped with for uh prep for going in
8: i guess it could be done with you know i mean without ropes you know in some of the, some of these trails obviously um but yeah it's um it, it's it's a must see you know it's but if you don't see it before, you will be shocked the first time. But, uh, <laughs> you know, after a couple of times, I was able to do better and I'll be back. And, I mean, I only missed last year because I was screwing around at work or something.
7: You know a guy now, so you'll be fine moving forward. Which speaks <laughs> to
0: the success of the event. And I mean, it sells out what, like in minutes or 20, an hour? 22,
7: 20, 22 minutes this year. Um, the only two years the event did not sell out was the very first year, which when Stover put this on, at, you know, absolutely crazy to even conceive it, at least in this area. We had nothing like it, at least to my knowledge. Um, uh, I just totally lost that train. I thought I apologize. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. It sold out in like 22 minutes. Or okay. like yeah, 20 so the, yeah, the first year we didn't sell out and then the COVID year we didn't sell out. But I mean, I think that was probably COVID. And we also, I mean, we're really strict as far as COVID, you know, the, the, the parameters around COVID based on what DCR was telling us, what the city was telling us. So I think that probably uh, restricted, you know, sign up a little bit there. And every year, as the pessimist that I am, every year, oh my goodness, we're not going to sell out. And my team's like, oh, shut up. Yes, we are. And you know, 22 minutes this year. It was just absolutely crazy. Um, now it's 300 people, and I think you know we ended up letting in I think 340. Probably had another 100 people still on the wait list. Um, it's just it's it's just pretty crazy. It's kind of a niche event. Um, this get that it's garnered this kind of cult following um and people seem to really enjoy it it's it's one of those races it's either a one and absolutely no way never again never happening or it's uh i'll be back every year you know mm-hmm.
8: it's true yeah thanks to your volunteers too mm-hmm. i just seen that uh, schaefer say say something i could eat. i i was trying to chase him down he ran a, a hell of a race you know what i mean he,
7: he's a piece of work isn't
8: he he is <laughs> and uh all those guys are
7: well, that's you know I think Craig kind of alluded to it earlier. Just you know all the local race directors. I mean, and I, I hopefully I'm I'm not missing somebody here. I tried writing this down. Um, it's been a long, long day and a long few weeks. But you know, as far as volunteers, whether they were on the course, whether they helped pre, you know, pre uh, race, Heiner, uh, Little Loggers, Hills Creek, uh, Dirty Kiln, Rockin' the Knob, Ironstone, Eagleton, Call of the Wilds, um, folks from the Alleghany Trail Runners, all the folks with PA Trail Dogs they're all out there putting in that time and, and helping. And it's just, again, the community is just so incredibly fantastic. Um, I just, I just can't imagine doing anything like this without that. Which, I mean, just
0: you going through that list. I mean, that's like the, I mean, that's like, that's the PA center, at least central PA trail scene, right? I mean, in full coming out to, um, prop each other's uh, events and make it all the greater community and, um, and that's
7: huge.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, what, uh, Stephanie, assuming you clear this um, current <laughs> bug that's uh, in 2023 does uh, improve, you mentioned the uh, 100 miler at some point. But what do you got on deck? What are you looking to for this year?
5: Well, <clears throat> I have we have a race um, April 29th. It's the week after Heiner um, on the Dam trail.
3: Mm-hmm. And
5: then that's I'm the RD of that. And then um, I'm supposed to do um, Rabbit Raccoon 100 Miler, but I'm debating going down to 100K just because of what's been going on. Um, and then I'm doing the 70K at Laurel Highlands. And I, my big site this year is Eastern States. So we will see. Um,
7: Hope to see you, have- my
5: way. I'm. I want. I want to be there. Um, I keep saying I'm going to do it. I have enough time to train. I have enough time to get healthy. Um, yeah. I think I can do it. Mm-hmm. Listen to Aaron. He like conquered the world last year. All I want to do is. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, I wish, I, I
8: respect, <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm, it's a new year. I'm not gonna hang my hat on last year's stuff. Oh, that,
0: we can hang it for you I though. Say. That was a, that was a pretty <laughs> impressive year.
8: But but uh, you know I got I got the, uh, small goals for this year too. A little bit.
0: And so, what are you? And if if you're wanting to, to share them. What do you got on deck? What are you looking toward?
8: I'm I, Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going down to GDR to Georgia death race here wow. that I could be in definitely better shape for, you know, just after just the slump since, you know, then the last year, um, I'm going to Heiner and, and, uh, some other little things, you know, um, but, um, if I say it here then I guess it's it has to <laughs> It's going to be out there. Yep. You yeah. You have to do it. I'm I'm going to try to sub 24 hour rim to river. Oh. It, down there in, uh, in the gorge and here in West uh-huh. That's great. So uh yeah, I I I've I've uh paced and volunteered no volunteer? no no. I I've paced and hung out uh the 3 years down there and um for it and uh so now I guess I gotta give it a go and uh I want the shiny buckle and uh yeah. it, 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 it could happen I, I think I could do it you know what I mean so there okay. there's that boom.
0: Do did they, did they have a different buckle, buckle for a sub-24, or is it all the same buckle? They
8: do. They started that, yeah. Tiny oh. one, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. The over-24 is a little less shiny. That's uh,
8: Well, yeah. you know, it'll do fine, but, you know, I'd rather the one with the rhinestones on it or whatever, the glitter.
0: Uh-huh. And then Luke, you'll be on the back end some, uh, in terms of, uh, volunteering, any that you're setting your own sights for to Well, I, um,
7: yeah. So when I first started trail running 15 ish years ago, I did a lot of races and the older I've gotten, the less my body likes the heat. <laughs> um, so, you know, the last time I did a, the seven miler chief with a few years ago with my oldest daughter at her pace and I felt fine during the race and I threw up for a half an hour afterwards. <laughs> so the heat just does not, you know, do well with me at all. Um, which makes it honestly very hard to train for longer stuff. I've done, a, I've done the Gold Creek 100k a couple of times. Um, I probably mistakenly or stupidly had let out of the bag to many, too, too many people that when I turn 50, I want to do a hundred miler. Um, that's a year and a half away. So um, and, and kind of the difficulty surrounding that is trying to find one in, in cool enough weather that I think that I at least have somewhat of a decent shot at it. I like yep. these two other beasts that are here. I'm not a fast guy, even in my best shape. I'm like middle of the pack. I'm just stubborn AF and, you know, broken bones in my hand and finished <laughs> races 18 miles later and, you know, throwing up at mile 40 and throwing up every two miles from there to the end <laughs> and finish. So I'm just stupid. Um, so my, but I also know at this point that, you know, hundred miles in the heat, I, I talked to Stephanie about, you know, coming up for her race and she's like, it was 80 degrees last year. I'm like, I'll volunteer. Oh, my, mom, not. my mom can run.
5: It so, might not be 80 this year. It's in April.
7: Yeah. If you do if you do race day signups, you offer that, then maybe, you know, uh-huh. maybe it'll be a race day thing, but I'm yes. certainly happy to help wherever I can. Um, But my oldest daughter, I signed her up for her first first half marathon, um, which is the Buckridge Burn here, April 4th. So after a few years of her turning into her teenage years, because she was kind of my mini me and my shadow for many years on the trail scene, then she got too cool to hang out with her dad um, and she's kind of come back around. So I've had her out every, every each weekend day for the past month, month and a half training her to do that. So that's pretty exciting for me Um, in the 100-miler that I have my eyes on is the Devil Dog. I think it's in in Virginia, I believe, Uh, first weekend of December. And I found out, I actually did a little research this year, and they do offer 100K as well. So I hope to sign up for the 100K this year just to go out and do it and see. probably run that with my mom, who uh, will be 70 at the time. Um, and, and hopefully, uh, we'll be able to, I'll get a good idea of whether or not I even want to attempt a hundred the year after, but having young kids, and I think Stephanie said, like, it's yeah. just, it's hard to find those training hours and, and work a full-time gig. And a lot of times more than 40 hours a week and, and whatever. So, and I, you know, I have an incline trainer, it goes to 40 degrees, but I'd rather eat sand than do that. So, you know, <laughs>
0: well, that's that's awesome that you're getting the, uh, at least the oldest daughters, uh, coming back in the mix and choosing it some for herself. And you get that uh, quality time, at least for me, that time, uh, an experience with my daughters, obviously yeah. it's an incredible experience. So I don't know, maybe just knock out your hundred this year. And then you don't even have to worry about it next year. He can just find something else to <laughs> yeah. do.
7: No, my idea is like when I turn 50, so it's, nah, just, just <laughs> it's get it be over next with year. now. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: uh, well, that is exciting to look forward to, and um, Devil Dog would be a good one to key on. Um, but if I come across uh, others that I think are look that maybe fit the bill, that might not be burners, I'll send them your way too.
7: I appreciate that.
0: Well, uh, well, right on. Well, uh, Luke, Quick and question t- question.
8: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good question. Um, if you ra- if you raced one of the, uh, uh, one of yours, w- w- um, what would you race? Like if like what what Craig was saying, uh, for
0: like, uh, for yeah, Luke, like like if he if, if Luke chose one like a year or
8: n- no like like if uh, I didn't know if you like what Craig said like he um like he races his race oh oh for yeah a, like in, w- in Luke's w- would or you my do it, Which one would you want to see from that that view? You know what I mean or something?
0: Oh yeah yeah. Um, I don't know.
8: Hmm. Just, so I was just brainstorming. I yeah, thought. yeah,
0: for sure. The I didn't
8: know if that was weird. Sorry.
0: No, no, it's no, it's not <laughs> weird at all. It just made me flip the the way my brain was thinking in the moment. The um man, that's a good question because I don't, I really don't, I haven't been able to, I haven't thought that way. Like I've never felt like I feel like I can do my own races, and I and again, I've always thought it was pretty impressive that that Craig can, and I think that his the way that he looks at that and the way he presents it is spot on. I think I'm just always feeling like I, I need to be on hand in case something does happen. And it has happened. I have had, um, uh, death at one of my events. I have had, um, you know, breaks and I've had, um, in Virgil crest last year, one of my runners went down at, um, uh, doing the 50 K. I think he was doing the 50 K and uh, pretty close to the finish usually it happens before the finish. And, Uh, By the time I got word and could get to him, I ended up being the first responder and ended up uh, possibly saving his life in that moment. It was like a really close call. And so, like, I don't know, like I'd be too worried about it should be my responsibility in putting on this event to be to be present um, in case something like that does come up. I I don't know if I could do too well living with myself if I wasn't there uh, in that moment. I felt like I was off kind of playing or whatever. Um, but with all that said, I guess if I tried to take, take it myself out of my own head there, um, I don't know. Some of my Cayuga trails, I think is, is a really beautiful, uh, course. And it's, it's very special to me just because it was kind of, it's been some of my, my home turf, uh, so to speak, um. But because I've run it so much, I don't know whether I necessarily feel like I'd need to race it. One of the ones that feels kind of most play to me would probably be breakneck point. Uh, It has a little bit of frozen snot. It just doesn't have the frozen snot uh, conditions. Um, But for the same reasons that I really just had fun kind of going up the the frozen snot boulder fields, Uh, breakneck has some of that as well. So um, maybe I'd say breakneck because it kind of feels just like play.
8: Well, thanks, man. I, 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 hopefully that wasn't, uh, no, 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 no,
0: no, again, good. It just, it, I had to figure out in terms of where you were coming in and then uh-huh. and change my headspace because I'm not used to thinking about it in that way, but no, I appreciate you, you asking at all. And if you have, there's anything that you guys have any like questions about for, uh, each other or things, what you're going, um, totally open here. Um, uh, but don't want to hold you guys uh, too long either.
7: I, I know we're kind of past time here, but I do have two, two quick things. Yeah. One of which is, and I want to say this out loud simply because if I say it out loud, kind of like that hundred miler, I really can't back out. But um, you know, myself and my team and it kind of clearly with the team, but we're we're looking to do um, a, a nice little summer race using the vast majority of the SNOC course and making it a marathon. So oh, cool. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully um, haven't went to the city with it yet, but DCR is kind of on board. So hoping to, hoping to do a marathon, um, in the summer, which would be absolutely gross to me, but you know, it it brings a whole different set of issues. Um, we'll probably do a half marathon and a full marathon. Um, you know, but regardless, so there's that. And then I, again, I just kind of want to toss out there, you know, as far as being the RD, like, you know, I'm the guy who people can come and yell at if they need to (laughs) without my team. I just, I, it wouldn't be possible. And so, you know, my mom, Jane Cohn, she um, is my operations coordinator. She's been my right-hand person since the year I took over. Joanne Heimer is my volunteer coordinator. She's just amazing. I don't know how she, you know, that organization piece that I don't really have, like she's got that, um, Maddie Sell who took over and has just taken our registration and social media stuff to the stratosphere. Again, not a techie guy at all. Um, I barely got in here, um, to this today. So like, you know, she's, she's done wonderful, wonderful stuff with that. And then Paul Null, who's my trail boss, which is the one thing I really enjoy doing is doing the trail work. But, you know, for the past two years, I swear to, swear to all the totally, I haven't stepped on that course prior to the event and, and, and laid one flag because he just takes care of it. Um, I've even said, hey, can I come out and help? He's like, nope, too many people already. I said, okay, well, then I'll lead a hike or something. So um, I just want to, again, toss all their names out there um, and thank the city of Lock Haven and DCNR and Restless Oaks and uh, Redmond's uh, Complete Comfort. Just, we just have so many really good sponsors and and people that uh, – Julie Brennan at, at, at the city uh, – not the city, she uh, works for the, the county, actually, but she does like the – she brings in she, – she's the recreation person and, and is, is – did a survey this year to try and like you mentioned earlier Ian, to talk about economic impact so we can then go to the city and say hey you know in february we bring in this much money to the city that wouldn't be here otherwise um and i know she plans on doing that with the boulder beast and other you know other events in the in the clinton county area so and i'm sure i've missed somebody and i'm going to be pissed at myself for doing that um oh that was the first swear word i'm pretty impressed because normally I'm, I'm pretty we'll take piss excited. that's we're, we're good with that yeah um well I, I haven't dropped an f-bomb yet so i'm pretty mm-hmm. pretty proud of myself but Again, just want to thank everybody because without them, I could not do this. And I would not do this, even more importantly. Um, And also, I just want to give Steph a a chance to pitch her race because I know she's got that upcoming too. Yeah.
5: Yeah. um, Well, I was going to tell you, I wanted to say your mom was amazing and I didn't thank her before when you, when you mentioned her just now, your mom was in the basement with me too. And I, like I said, she was amazing. She's the one that took me in there and she sat me down there. So yeah, I want to give her a shout out and she checked on me afterwards. She messaged me on Facebook. So I thought that was really wonderful. Um, yeah, we have a, there is a dam that is right out here. We have a wonderful, um, single track trail that goes around it. We have a 17 mile loop and we have a 34 mile loop. And then we have a relay. Um, it's, I would call it a really good beginner's ultra marathon. Um, there's only about 1500 feet of elevation. Okay. It's not your, you know, it's not going to be like um, rock and the knob or even frozen snot elevation. Um it can be, I was really shocked last year when it got to be 80 degrees, we had a lot of people drop out. Um, I don't expect the weather this year to be that bad, but um, it's a great race. We have great volunteers. We have um, wonderful people to help run us. It's all, all the benefits go to a local camp. Um, It's just uh, Camp Harmony and they make all the food. So you're gonna get wonderful food on the course and it's, yeah, it's a great race. So this is our fourth year.
7: Awesome. And plug the hope name. hope to make plug it down to at least volunteer, so hopefully the weather's okay to run
5: it. I, I really don't expect it to be 80 degrees. <laughs> I don't. And plug and
7: the name one
0: more
5: time? It's on the damn trail. On the damn
0: it's trail. It's on
5: Ultra Sign Up. Yeah. And everybody keeps saying, well, I'm running Heiner the week before, and I, I'm like, this is not – you could come off of Heiner and run this and not have any problems. It's not – We're not. That's why we sort of moved away from the same Saturday. It was on the same Saturday as Heiner because a lot of we were losing some people to running Heiner, and it's the elevation and the trail is much different. Different course.
7: Real quick, if I just touch touch in my mom for for a second. Yeah. Um, So my my sister Rachel is the one who got me into trail running. She randomly a month and a half before Heiner said called me her her hairstylist had run it and was talking to her about it. And, and, and I'm not an athlete. I've never been an athlete, not
0: a thing. You know, um, you're in central PA when actually the hairstylists are tuning you into the uh, the trail races.
7: Right, exactly. Um, and so she's like, do you want to do this? And I'm like, sure. And so my first trail race, I tore ligaments on both sides of my right ankle, mm. uh, finished the race, limping, um, was on crutches for between a month, and month and a half, and didn't walk without a limp for four months. It sucked, uh, but, but came back, like something to it, like we've all talked about, just, just drew me to it. Um my mom was not one of those original people, but, but she would come out and support Rachel and I and saw so us finish. And then you know, come for her, kind of started out. She's my sister Rachel is an athlete. She played uh Division II college basketball and stuff. But mom and I are cut of the same cloth. We're not athletes, we're just stubborn. Um so I told you about I uh, broke my my hand two miles in at rocking the knob, uh broke these two fingers, spiral fractured them. Um thought I sewed them at first, but when I was running, I could feel the moving. So I'm like, no, they're 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 broken. Um and finished that race. And then, you know, so that's kind of been my, my, I'm going to say claim to fame, but that stubbornness this past two years ago, rather mom did her first hundred K at oil Creek and I was pacing her, uh, for the last, the last half of it or well, the last, I guess, quarter of it. Um, and she had to show me up by breaking her arm at mile 45 and finishing the race. So yeah, that's how she had to do that.
0: Dude, the, the genetic stock there is <laughs> of what's conveyed. Or, or
7: or the stubbornness craziness yes. that's a
0: lot of that's a lot of pressure on your your kids and your girls. <laughs> like that's that's where the bar is set in the family you need to stand up and, and kind of brush that off and keep going
7: yes yes mm-hmm. and i want to thank steph and, and aaron both for coming coming and supporting our race and again we love having you guys it's just it amazes me every year that it sells out faster and faster it's just it's crazy i don't even understand it i can't wrap my head around it most days to be honest with you
0: and so typically you open registration. Oh, well, I should so, know that by now.
7: Yeah. Well, we, we typically, and unfortunately it's not been real consistent. And part of that issue was when Stover set this up, um, the city of Lock Haven was generous enough to be the main sponsor. They held our money. You know, we have to go in front of the city council and, and get approval for the, the date and this, that, and the other. Um, we have taken the first step into, well, actually, here shortly, we, was co- we kind of ran a co event this year. I created a, a trail running. I don't know, a hiking group um, on Facebook 10 years ago. so our 10th year. Central Region Trail Fiends slash Trail Friends, whatever. Um, and so uh, Maddie had the idea of making that an LLC. We So we, we're we taking that over. So hopefully our, our goal this year is to very soon announce the 2024 date. Um, so historically, where we've had only a few months for people to decide, you know, Or, or you know, between registration and and, and start date, tone the line. We're hoping to have a much longer period of time this year. Um, We, due to that, we will have to renew our contract with DCNR. So I'm going to talk to them about maybe increasing our numbers a little bit and seeing where that goes. We're only on their land on the second loop um, in our cap. There's 300, but you know, if they would, chances are of 300 to 340 finishing the full course is pretty slim. Um, but, you know, I'm hoping to get that increased a little bit so we can increase numbers. It is pretty, you know, pretty high demand. And especially with it being part of Craig's, Craig's trail series now, there are a lot of people that get pretty upset when they don't get in. But it is one of those events that, again, unless, you know, I don't know how you do it, Ian, but for folks that come out and volunteer at other events or names that I recognize or people I know um, that, that I know put time into the local community, Like, you know, they, they tend to get that, Hey, I noticed, I recognize that name, they come out, they help. So let's, let's get them in. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah,
0: which is great. I mean, you guys, again, have such an amazing and supportive community and it does keep it more personal and you want to kind of give that back. Um, and I do look through like even right now on the wait list for some of the, the races i have x amount of time where it's open to anybody and everybody but if you find Mm -hmm. yourself on the wait list yeah i am panning through and if i know that you've been before Mm -hmm. or if you're a friend or whatever yeah i may and that's just kind of the way it is
7: um and and, 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 i mean my my that's the way it should be because again if people are out and i like you know aaron who unfortunately lives so far away he's not going to come up and do trail work days but i know he's you know and i've seen aaron before at races i'm not sure we've ever actually met aaron um you were i think a uh part of the Ironstone uh, uh, live webcast that we did uh, about the aid stations, is that accurate? Mm-hmm. Were we part of, okay. Um, so, you know, so I've I, I seen him, unfortunately I've not actually met him, but you know, now again, that I know that he's done it, you know, I, I see that name, I told Steph, I, you know, I offer RDs uh, free registration into our events. Um, so it's it's a hard job, man, and, and, and most people lose money on it. So, um, you know, that if I can give back a little bit in that, in that area, um, I I love to, so yeah. you know, for all you you know, either aspiring race directors or people that are that come into the race, and I felt kind of bad because I didn't realize Steph was one until after the race. But you know, message me, and we'll, we'll make sure you get in.
8: Yeah, I've, I know her. Um, I, I've chatted with her. I haven't really chatted with you. You know, you've mm-hmm. on race day. You know, everybody's a bit crazy microphone yeah. and the clipboard. You know, what I mean? right. yeah. <laughs>
5: Aaron kept me warm after Lower Highlands this past year. <laughs> he uh-huh. Threw my Lord blanket around me.
8: <laughs> my famous emergency bivi I carry. Yep. Yep.
5: That's
0: why it makes you appropriate for Frozen Snot. If you're just carrying <laughs> that anyway, even <You're laughs> down at Lower Highlands.
7: <laughs> and Ian, thank you so so much for doing what you do. And I know you free reached out to me multiple times in the past. And uh, you know, I again I get a little camera shy and I have anxiety. So like this is not, you know, it's, Oh this-
0: man, no, you're all good. I know you, you'd mentioned that ahead of time, but I don't know. It's also the trail running community. I don't know if I'd even know if somebody was kind of like, you know, awkward or weird. I don't know. I guess that's the beauty of the community where it should be, Mm -hmm. I don't know, anybody and everybody. And a lot of us are kind of dorks in some regards. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, let's be honest,
7: Ian. We're all kind of weird, or we wouldn't be yeah, doing this. Right. So. so I don't know. You seem pretty par for the course for me, man. Yeah, because <laughs> <Well, laughs> you're weird too. So yeah, you know, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. I'm not. He's a pod. <laughs> uh huh. That's
0: right. So I appreciate you you making the time here and and following up and uh glad we were able to to connect. Now everybody's got a lot on their own plate, so it's I really appreciate it. Um. Well, all right. I am going to uh, try to catch a couple of my household before bed, and I am starving. I need to eat. Um, this, this, I almost got to, to eat dinner, but it's right here next to me. So I'm going to, I'm going to hit this here just a minute because my stomach's saying I need to. Um, but I so appreciate you guys coming on. Um, Luke, uh, and those that have come before and those that support you put on a truly amazing event. Thank you. Uh, there's a reason it sells out in 22 uh, minutes or that it will be 18 minutes uh, next year. Stephanie, it was cool. I'm sorry that it didn't go as you had hoped for this year, but that you got a sense of community out of it. And I know you'll be back, and I hope that um, On the Dam goes really well. Um, and it's coming right off. I hope the planning's going well. And Aaron, um, I hope to uh, check back in with you when you're sporting a, a shiny sub-24-hour uh, buckle yeah. here pretty soon. Cool. Uh, just, just get Caleb to pace here. Somebody like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Not, if anybody will get you in there, it is. But, uh, but good luck uh, to that. Uh, as you get into this year. Okay. Um, all right. Nice chatting. Yeah. Nice. For sure. nice. Nice. All right. See you guys.
4: Nice.
0: All right. So for those who tuned in live, I really uh, very much appreciate, uh, appreciate it. Your support, uh, your comments. Uh, and supporting the uh, guests and their events and being part of a really amazing community. Again, it's the intent of the Trails Collective to showcase a lot of uh, amazing individuals and entities doing a lot of uh, pretty awesome things to showcase some of the Beast Coast events and names and personalities and organizations. And um, I'm thankful for all of you who uh, helped support this uh, happening at all. All right, so I'm going to get some food in my stomach, uh, try to catch at least uh, one daughter before they're out. And uh, I will catch you next week. Next week, I think I may try to have uh, Phil Vonder on, who just completed the Catskill grid, uh, as well as um, potentially um, David Kilgore, who just took the win at um, uh, seven uh, continents, seven marathons in seven days, and followed up with uh, a um 50K uh, finish as well. A Pretty amazing uh, effort. So not necessarily trail related, but uh, pretty incredible and uh, true beast coaster. Uh, so um, I will get that out here pretty soon, and um, thanks so much. And Jane, one of my last questions um, was to Luke, so it was supposed to be what goes into your secret recipe. With I think if I was remembering right, chili or something like that, but um, I'm not sure. I, I felt like maybe it was just going to be like like that's why it's a secret, and I just didn't want to waste anybody's time. Uh, but Jane, thanks for all that you do for the community as well, and for uh, commenting in there at the end. And uh, so uh, and. Um, uh, ice empress hairdresser comment is gold. I hope you are doing awesome. I hope coaching is uh, going well, Saird. And, uh, hopefully I'll talk to you uh, soon again. All right. Thanks so
8: much, all. All right. See you.